Hello everyone and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast this week. Well, we told you we'd put a show together somehow, so we decided we haven't talked about raiding in a while. So, let's talk about raiding, going over the history of the 3.x series and our expectations going towards 4.x. So, I am one of your hosts, Michael, Mr. Happy Popromo. Of course, joining me is Sly, aka Sly the Fox, aka Sly, aka Gray Fox, aka you my boy Blue. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing swell. Tell me, how far are you in Persona 5 now? Done. Done? Are we Done. new game plusing it? Yeah, of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what do I look like? Like, I'm not like I'm not a fan? Really? <laughs> of course we're new game plusing it. Yeah. Um, and we can, you know what, you know, Sly and I, we, we've, we finished the creator. We've had our fair share of ups and downs in rating, but I, I, we couldn't, we couldn't do this show without getting a top tier expert and memer. So we brought on someone we haven't had, I think, in over in a year. Welcome Pulvisaurus Rex to the show! No. <laughs> That's shit poster, not meme. There's a... And we're, we're going to have that show, by the way. That's not full, by the way. That's that's Layla Bell. Although, I because I didn't want to confuse people, they see the picture of you and they see the name's Layla, I'm going to call it... We may refer to you as Klops occasionally. And I want to ask you what... We have the start of show... Why are you Layla in 14, but not Klops? Where, where is Klops? Uh, Klops is probably somewhere uh, in Balaran right now. But I think, I, I don't actually remember why I made my character named Layla. I, it's, it's, from, it's from 14 1.0. Um, I don't remember why. I think I just looked at my cat and I was like, you look like a Layla. So she was named Leela. But uh, the, the story of why, like, where Klops comes from is an entirely separate thing. <laughs> the, the meme is so, so Leila doesn't have a webcam. Yes. So, no, no, no webcam today, unfortunately. So we have a picture of, of him, and the meme now is already in the chat that you are actually Yoshi P because he is in the picture. So, yes, this is okay. Yoshi I mean, P. that was my intention. Yeah, I figured as much. I figured as much. Uh, so we've got that swell-looking picture of of Klops slash Layla. So welcome to the show. When was the last time you were on? Was it after 3.0 or 3.2? Ooh, I mean, it has been a long time. Um, the last time I was on, I believe we were talking about Midas. Uh, so it had yeah. to have been after 3.2. Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember if we had the Midas conversation or, or, or not at all. So it's been a while. Why don't you... Uh, Too long. Why don't you, why don't you reintroduce yourself to people who may not have watched the show and or may have not watch that episode or become a fan since that episode uh okay um so yeah uh, Layla Bell I uh, have been rating since uh 2.0 and um uh, I've been rating uh, at a fairly uh what I would I guess say is a hardcore level you know playing the game uh probably more so than most people uh probably more so than I should have at times but um I've been a part of every uh, progression patch uh, and uh, every major raid 
content release since uh, Realm Reborn's inception. And, um, you know, sometime around Heaven's Ward, uh, a little bit before Heaven's Ward, um, I worked together with uh, my friends in, in Death and Taxes when I was in Collision at the time, and we formed Elysium, and uh, I helped co-lead Elysium uh, for the majority of Heaven's Ward. Awesome, awesome. Well, glad to have your expertise. We're going to be asking you a lot of questions, because you and I did world prog side by side not in the same group in 3.0 but i've since kind yes. of just i've gone i've gone casual since then Layla. same i've gone i've gone ca have you really though like <laughs> 4.0 is is coming there's a difference between the game not having a patch layla for a while and being casual you understand that right i mean i i haven't even killed those the same uh, i've never even seen the new ultima like i'm just casual <laughs> did you just did you just apply not doing dunscape makes you casual Yes. Okay. I, I have not done the recent content. All right. All right. Well, all right. Layla's casual, ladies and gents. So you recently uh, did a um, analysis video of rating in three and all of three What inspired you to do that? Uh. So yeah, that was that was something I did in my stream up the other day. Actually, what inspired me was mostly I was just sort of brainstorming like something fun I could do with my stream because I don't get to stream as much as I would like to because uh, I don't I, I have you know difficulty finding things I feel that are fun to watch um, so uh, I was just thinking about one something that I could do a stream about that maybe I haven't streamed about 20 times before already uh, so uh, you know with, with Stormblood coming up I thought it would be a really fun idea to sort of look at how the game has evolved leading up to this point because we can, we've sort of learned a lot about what has worked well and sort of what the, some of the things that haven't worked well. And um, I just thought it'd be an interesting uh, use of time to analyze uh, both what worked well and what didn't work well. And it was, and it was well done, by the way. And I remember actually uh, seeing your videos of analysis from, from specific fights in the tiers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, the Midas video. That's, we're gonna ref, we're gonna refer to the the Midas video a little a little bit later because there's a specific term you use there that uh, we definitely oh, yeah, want to revisit. Know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, I actually want to take it back to to two point X. I didn't actually know you until I think two point four, maybe two point four, two point five, something like that. Yeah, I, I think it was around that time. Um, so so you said you were part of every major progression patch. I mm -hmm. I wasn't too familiar with too many of the different raiders in in the Twin Tanya days. So so. What gives the rundown on um, on your interest in world progression with Final Fantasy fourteen in particular? Back in back in Realm Reborn, are you yeah, asking about going all the way back to Realm Reborn? What got you interested in the world prog there? Oh, um, so well, I didn't actually sort of invest myself into hardcore progression rating until I would say Second Goal of Savage. So Binding Coil, um, I put together a group of friends who. Went, we went through a pretty, uh, at a pretty casual pace. I think we were like a, a two or three day a week rating team, uh, you know, four hours a night. Um, but I, you know, we were, the game was new to us. Uh, I mean, it was new to, I guess, everybody, but um, we were still kind of trying to figure things out and uh, the best way to approach the game and rating in the game. Um, I think a lot of the people I was playing with became much more interested in pushing ourselves and seeing how far we could go after second coil uh sort of the you know we talked about it, it's been beat to death on streams countless times about the, the boom of gilgamesh after second coil 
but uh, you know, I was I was on Gilgamesh, and uh, it definitely, you know, affected my sort of interest level in reading. Um, so I think uh, Second Cole Savage would be my first sort of experience with reading on world progression level. Good, good. Somebody in the chat's to already remembering the last time you were on the show where we talked about the deletion of one of the characters. Oh yeah, I'm let's, glad. Let's, I'm let's glad. You know worry. what? They never forgot you, Layla. Yeah, I sort of wish that they would forget that, but that's okay. I did, honestly, until I was like, I had put that out of my mind. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I had forgotten too until now, so. It's like losing the game. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's exactly that. It's something I don't actually want to think about. <laughs> oh, man. So what... Really, um, seeing how you go, how you do Prague now in WoW, what made you really, really want to get into Prague uh, for um, for fourteen? Um, are you speaking on like a uh, like a hardcore progression rating schedule? Yeah, because you you seem to enjoy like you even had the joke in the pre-show for Layla WoW because that's yeah. what you've been you've been playing recently. So yeah. why fourteen? It's mostly just because all people people who follow me on Twitter all they see lately are WoW tweets. So people joke that you know you should just rename yourself to Layla WoW instead of Layla Final Fantasy. But um, I think uh, for, for and I, I've talked a little about this a little bit before, but for me and the friends that I raided with, uh, it was always about um, wanting to push ourselves and challenge ourselves in use whatever the game gives us to do so and one of i we felt the most uh challenging options available to us was you know seeing how far we can take this progression uh rating thing and um you know see where we can uh take our teamwork and stuff and that that was sort of the driving motivation behind it i would say and you don't have that motivation for a while for WoW, it's different because I've played WoW for over 10 years. So a lot of the stuff that I've wanted to do in WoW, I've kind of already done. Um, WoW, I just find uh, there's uh, a lot of... Because, because I don't have the same type of schedule in, in WoW as we do in, say, Final Fantasy XIV, uh, you know, we're a lot more laid back in WoW, uh, it, takes, it takes me longer to get through this stuff. So there's a lot more stuff for me to do on a daily basis. Ryzen 14, I kind of just, we typically just blitz through everything and then we run into stuff to do. <laughs> we could probably make an entire show about that. Yeah. Um, so of the raid tiers of 2.x, which would you say you liked the most? Because, I mean, regardless of world progression, I guess. Which, which, what would you say is your favorite raid tier from back in those days? Uh, probably Second Coil. Um, I don't know... <sighs> I don't know. If, if we're including Second Coil Savage, I'm going to say Second Coil Savage. Uh, I don't know if we that. want it. Okay, then second, I would definitely say Second Coal Savage is my uh, most favorite memories of, of Rome Reborn. Um, I felt that Final Coal was uh, probably second, I would say. Listen, if you had said that you put First Coil above either of them after that shit show. No, 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 no. It's... no but, uh, Binding Coil was a, it was like almost, I don't want to call it an experiment, but it was sort of a dry run for you know, what we saw in second coil. Uh, there, there were some cool things in Binding Coil, though. Like, I like the, I like the uh, environment of turn one with the different varying levels of Z-axis and the, the involvement and that, that in the fight. I kind of am sad that uh, 
we don't see more of that, but I know that they've said that they don't they don't want to mess with Z axes in, in encounters because of how abusable they can become or how buggy they can become. True story. On Sargatanis, there was a guild that uh, I think about a week after Second Coil came out, they positional hacked the game, the entire guild, and they put themselves up, on, up, up above all the bosses and just killed them from above. I have a faint memory of that, yeah. Yeah, that was, some, that was a group on Sargatanis. There were and a lot then, of bands went out for that, right? Yeah, I know. I think 16 people were banned, and it was, yeah, they were I, all I from that. that free company. Good times. We were like, how did they beat six, seven, and eight within an hour of each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure enough. Oh man. But I think uh, if I were to decide between second quarter, not not second quarter savage, but second quarter final call, I'd probably favor final call. Uh, second quarter was very was was done very well. However, one of the biggest problems I think that I have with second quarter is sort of what nobody really talks about when they're when they're looking through it uh, with nostalgia glasses and that every single fight in second coil was solo tankable and that really turns it that really is a big turnoff for me and they they addressed a lot of that in second coil savage which is why i like single savage so much yeah so you have a thing with balance in terms of yeah okay you don't I want this that, one uh, tank two healer five dps no, meta. No, no. and one of, i think one of the things that they spent a lot of time talking about on my stream analysis the other day is the importance of responsibility, uh, shared responsibility in encounters. Yeah, and I, remember that. I think that a, if you have a fight where one tank is doing everything, I don't think that's designed very well. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I like seeing shared responsibility across roles. Quick question. The shared responsibility equate to difficulty though? Um, it can for certain, uh, for certain. Uh, I think that, um, I, I want to use uh, brute justice as an example. I knew um, that was coming. Oh yeah, for, for, for sure. Because it's it's the most clear example. Um, in the final phase of brute justice savage, where, you, where you're fighting wing justice, if you're if if you're doing the the sack strat, which kind of everyone was, um, your off tank is essentially doing nothing for the entirety of that phase, and that's honestly the hardest phase of the fight. I would say. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe not if you're doing sack strat, but typically speak, I, I think it's fair to say that's one of the hardest phases of the fight. And when one tank's doing everything and the other tank's not doing anything, then there's a very there's a large disparity in difficulty between their two jobs. So, yeah, on one hand, it, it kind of can sort of affect the difficulty. Yeah, I I I, I, I uh, agree with that. I wasn't a big fan of a lot of well. When we get to talking about Midas in the show, we, we, there's a lot of things to say about Midas that we'll be oh. able to say. Yeah. In a little bit. <laughs> so, pretty much 2.0 has been a non-factor for about two years besides people, you know, going in and getting, you know... I love Wondrous Tales, Sly. Don't talk, don't, talk, don't talk shit about Wondrous Tales. Oh, believe me, I'm a huge proponent of Wondrous Tales. You know that. It sucks. Um, yeah, it really does. Um, but now we've been dealing with the ups and downs of or the roller coaster of 3.0 rating. Uh, what was your what were your expectations going in to Gordius? Uh, expectations. I mean, it was a lot of unknown. I think um, we had. So we 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 went we went from second coil savage to final coil, and I 
there was there was a large difference in how those two functioned, and because there was such a, a jump in in what I would describe as difficulty, um, we didn't really know what they were going to do with Gordius because uh, they had just gone from two they, from one extreme to the other extreme between second close average and final goal. So with Gordius, you know what's going to be their goal? Which 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 formula did they like better? Did they like the second goal savage formula or like the final goal uh, formula. So I think based on some of the, the live letters that were coming out, um, there was a lot of chatter on the official forums about how people were saying, oh, final call may be too easy. Uh, you know, we, we Raiders want to challenge SE, feed us. And I think that what ended up happening was... Sly, let him finish the, before you the, before you get before you get depressed about Gordia Savage. Let him what finish. ended up happening was is SE heard that, and when they made Gordius, it was with that in mind that they their Raiders wanted a, a bit more of a challenge, um, and they they definitely accomplished that. Uh, you know, to just kind of make put about it the wrong way. No, no, no. They did everything fucking right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just asked for two. We got what we asked for. Yeah, yeah that's my only thing. That's my only thing. We got what we asked for. Um, if you could describe how you felt about Gordius after the fact in one phrase, what would you use? Mm, well, my feelings about Gordius have changed over the last like year and a half. Um, I think directly after Gordius, I felt that with the exception of a few things about the manipulator, it was a fantastic tier. Um, and I felt that uh, a fight like A3, for example, was, uh, you know, the perfect fight. It, it was exactly what, what it should be in Gordius. I think, you know, the 1.5 to two years uh, later that we're, that we're in now, I think that... In hindsight, a fight like A3 probably shouldn't have been, the tuning that, that was a part of A3 probably shouldn't have been applied to the third fight of the tier. Mm -hmm. I think that was uh, maybe an, a, not healthy for the game's rating scene and uh, probably caused more harm than good. Okay. But uh, I think that if it were, if maybe that that kind of tuning and difficulty were applied to the final boss of the tier, the tier would be viewed a lot more favorably by by everyone. Now, one thing you said A three did a good job of is shared responsibility. Yeah. Listen, with Digititis, I got nothing else, man. <laughs> I see Digititis alone, and I go, "All right, that's not that's not even breaking." Oh, nightmares! I've got. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting PTSD right now. <laughs> do you think taking away some of that shared responsibility would have helped in the tuning of the actual fight itself? Um, alone? Not really. I mean, I look at I look at the, I look at the equal responsibility extremely favorably uh, when mm -hmm. I when I think about A three. I think about uh, uh, you know there were there was essentially for all intents and purposes mandatory tank swaps. Uh, so you had to have both tanks tanking at different parts of the fight. And also because the fight sort of reset itself halfway through the final phase uh, and started over, you had to have, you know, the what one tank was doing before, now the other tank is having to do that job. So they, by the end of the fight, they've done everything. Uh, and so for tanking, it was, it was fantastic. And I don't think I would touch anything 
uh, for healing, um, I think that uh, the one of the big themes of Gordius was uh, let the healers do everything. So if I was thinking about would I take away something, I think that maybe there was a little bit too much stress on the healers in Gordius. Uh, we, we threw a lot of mechanics for healers just because we felt that the healers handled them best and that put that put a lot of stress on the healers. Uh, so maybe um, shift some of, some of the responsibility from the healers to say a DPS. I feel like that was true at Second Coil Savage too, though. Like I, I remember being historically, it's been pretty true. Bored as shit. I remember I was like, okay, time to do Second Coil full I one ten, and I'm just like, uh, other than rotating and hitting the tower in A eight Savage, I'm good. Man. Well, well, what ends up happening is is when you're when you're seeking to maximize your team's DPS. I mean, you're always going to try to give your DPS as few mechanics as possible and give your tanks and healers uh, as many as they can, as they can handle just to, to take the responsibility away from your DPS. Uh, and that, you know, that's historically been true. I, there are, you know, ways that they could force that to not be a thing. Um, and they sort of do uh, in some of their encounters after Gordius. Uh, you know, I think about uh, a, a, I think about Brute Justice again, uh, there was a lot of mechanics that were forced on your DPS. When I think about legislation, that was forced on your DPS. Uh, some parts of gavel were forced on your DPS. There are ways that they could force the DPS to have to uh, do mechanics rather than giving us the option to take the responsibility off them and put them on somebody else. So I'm actually curious. We were talking a lot about um, Alexander Savage, but how do you feel about the the two difficulty format anyway? Because I mean, we have that. We have that. That's what we're going into. With the expansion, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, are you uh, right. pro, are you pro coil or are you pro multiple difficulty? Ooh, uh, I think oh, that that's that's so I, I'm definitely somewhere in between, but I don't know if I can pick exactly one. But I'm going to give you pros and cons. I think, All right, of, well let's, let's do that. Okay, so the the coil formula. Some of the things that were great about the coil formula is players who wanted to experience the story couldn't just queue up and get it done in an, in an instant. You had to put together a team and you had to try your hand at rating to get through it. And a lot of people, maybe not a lot, but some people didn't enjoy that fact that, that the storyline was gated behind having to form a raid team and, uh, you know, go through the raid tier. And, that I guess was it in everyone's interest. What I thought was really good about that, though, was it, it forced you to work together with the people on your server, uh, which I think is a really fun part of, about an MMO, especially an MMO that's server-based. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, did you just say you want your online game to force you to play with other people? I I, I know it's radical, but that is where I'm coming <laughs> from. This. So I, I think that that's the one, one of the things that I enjoyed about Coil is, uh, you know, having to sort of form a team and uh, not be able to just queue through a raid finder and get it done in one hour. And then that's it. Uh, that being said, one of the things that some people didn't like was that very fact that they had to do that to get to the story. And that's sort of the purpose of normal modes uh, in the game now. You know, you have the people who can't afford the time to put together a raid team and, and stick to a rating schedule. They're now able to experience all the story that the game has to offer. So I do identify as that that is being important. Um, 
which is why I'm somewhere in the middle. I think uh, I think maybe the normal modes that exist in their current form are a little too easy. Maybe let's make them um, not clearable when like two of your DPS are AFK and you have no communication with your team whatsoever. That's, those are two very specific conditions that you have. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's something that maybe we could shoot for for the future. You know, because I, I do sympathize with the fact that not everybody can, can play the game on a, uh, at a schedule that uh, qualifies for rating. Um, but I think we got to do something a little bit harder than the current normal ones. Kind of to piggyback off that, do you think um, adding a second difficulty and, you know, the inclusion of uh, things like a um, data center PF kind of take away from from the whole using the community that you have and it's more, I don't know, isolationist or self-preservation rather than working alongside your, uh, along with your uh, server? 100%. Um, I've, I've felt that way for a long time about uh, many different MMOs actually. Uh, I've, one of the things that, I, that drew me to Final Fantasy was actually that sort of back to uh, the old style of, of doing things where you know, we when when Realm of Warn first came out, we didn't have uh, crossover party finders. We didn't or, or crossover raid finders and stuff. We didn't have uh, uh, anything like that. So we were, we were forced to act within our community that has that we develop and grow on our server, and that was one of the biggest things that I enjoyed about the game. Actually, um, so I'm definitely sad when I see them take away that uh, any anything that takes away from that aspect. Uh, I don't think it's damaged. I don't think the, the, the raid finder and the cross server raid finder and the cross server PF that they have implemented, I don't think that's taken away much so far. Uh, but if I were them, I would be very careful because I know that uh, a lot of people do enjoy sort of the communal atmosphere that, that 14 offers compared to other games. And then Gilgamesh happened. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, then you had the, the uh, sort of the everyone flocking to go commission the, the exodus yeah the exodus as we call it all right so jokes aside let's tackle gordius first it's the first raid tier of 3.x now <laughs> great thanks thanks sly sly as you can see i love gordius man don't, don't worry about sly i'm i'm here to i'm here to talk about gordius and enjoy every moment of it oh don't worry i'll let i'll let sly get some words let some words get in because he's i know he's got words about gordius so okay a1 savage goes down a2 savage goes down those two actually go down pretty reasonably can like even just looking at the times we have for like midas and creator in terms of the, the first two encounters nobody really talks about a1 and a2 because people just roll over them nowadays if they do them at all what yeah what, what did you when you did a1 and a2 savage you know you're going through that's your first time that's your first heaven's word savage progression how did you feel about them as you were progressing through them as opposed to how they're kind of viewed in the community now? Um, A1 behaved a lot like it's... Okay, so, so to, to preface this, we had, before, before we started Savage Gordius, we had two weeks of a normal mode um, that we were able to practice in and test. And because of that, we sort of had a very strong understanding of how a fight like A1 was going to play out, you know, because the way, the way that they designed A1 Savage, it behaved pretty damn similarly to the normal mode um, with a 
very minor exceptions that you sort of figure out in one or two polls. Uh, so I think that, uh, and I, ha I highlighted this on uh, my raid analysis, my heavensward analysis before, but I think that the thing that was good about A1 was that it was, uh, it was the, because it was the first encounter, people were testing with a lot of different party compositions and, and job very and, and job combinations. Um, and A1 was a fight that sort of allowed for each and every one of those combinations to sort of flourish. Um, you could you could have strengths uh, in many different types of party compositions. And I thought that was really good as, as an opening fight to an expansion um, when everyone's kind of trying to figure things out. Uh, and I also think that it wasn't necessarily a bad thing that it behaved similarly to the normal mode. Um, you know, this is this is supposed to be an entry level fight, and one of the things that entry level fights are supposed to do is they're supposed to be killable by majority of raiders because what what the what teams will will do if they're having difficulty in later fights is they will use those entry level fights to gear up for the harder fights. And that's really important for the people who are maybe only raiding two or three days a week. So, so I'm going to yeah. interrupt you before we get your thoughts on A2 Savage. But we're talking about being the entrance encounter. Oh, there's... Oh, yes. There's... My, my mistake. I forgot about the other entrance encounter. There's another entrance encounter before you even get to the oppressor. Mm -hmm. And that's oh, our boy the Faust, the doorman. I forgot about him. Yeah, the doorman. Uh, so <laughs> that, that's really funny. Uh, I forgot about him when I did this talk earlier too. I think uh, so. When I think about Faust, Faust was a was a giant uh, DPS check for people, and uh, what it does is it basically said um, you must be this tall to raid in Heavensward. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. It's it's, it's yeah. exactly it's accurate. True. Yeah, true. Th that, that's what Faust was. I think that um, I think Faust was fine. I think it, it taught people to uh, how to how to work together at a minor level and press your buttons at a decent enough level. Did it really? Because there there were there were a few who There's a lot of foreign busts. <laughs> yeah, there were quite a few who took it the other way and just said "fuck this shit, I'm out." Like, well, for this entire okay, tier. So when, when I'm th when I'm thinking about Gordius, it it was it was a necessary evil for Gordius. Now. Because it basically said, if you don't meet this requirement, Gordius is not going to work for you. And that itself is a kind of a separate thing, like whether or not that's good or bad. But I think uh, for Gordius specifically, post all of the fight design that they've done through one through in, in one through four, Faust is sort of the hey, you have to you have to be able to tackle me to be able to handle what's behind me. So if they wanted to make Faust a little bit easier, then you know have the it's not going to serve that same purpose. Um, I, I guess that's, that's, that's sort of the point that I would want to make about it. Do you think, and this is just thinking ahead, do you think um, going forward into Stormblood, a kind of doorman-esque mechanic would be needed or necessary? Um, not necessarily. I mean, what they can do is they can do, honestly, what... Uh, maybe they should have done and just make the first boss the sort of entrance exam to check uh to be able to to continue writing in the tier you know you don't necessarily need a faust you know say they designed the oppressor to be to be the faust of the tier you know 
he's it'd be it'd be a much more inter or rewarding process than mm -hmm. you go through the struggle of getting past Faust only to have a boss in front of you and no loot and then not finish it in the lockout and have to kill and Faust. Then have to kill Faust. So yeah, I would I think that that is uh, something that I didn't like. Um, you know, having to rekill the the Faust every time we rezoned in, which is one of the arguments I would make for maybe excluding him and just making the boss the uh, the check. Um, mm -hmm. Well, they do like turn three. Just turn three. Put a Faust in there. <laughs> just make that the first. Turn. Yeah, I don't ever want turn three again, Maybe. Layla. Don't worry. I don't Maybe. ever. I don't ever want when all, and all eight go tank and you see who can make it to the bottom first. <laughs> that's it's very true stories actually. But I I know. So and, and this is something that they repeated. Yeah, they yeah. literally did it every <laughs> single tier. Every team, every team. Yeah, having um, the doorman. He was the dive bombs of of Gordius. Pretty One much. thing I will say is that I think that of of the Fausts, I think the the last Faust they released was definitely the least menacing. I think that uh, in, in terms of like uh, difficulty, I think it would probably go the Gordius Faust, Midas Faust, then Creator Faust, which is pretty in line with the raid tiers. Themselves. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we got A One Savage, the Oppressor, which is the perfect description for a boss in Gordius. Um, then you have A2 Savage, which I know is Sly's favorite fight in the entire, in the entire raid tier. Um, he talks about how much he loves riding that, the Gobwalker <laughs> all the time and not actually having to play the game. Yeah, it shows. Yeah, it shows that he went, he actually went to go turn on his PlayStation 4 to do A2 Savage right now. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll join him. Let me, let me log on. All right. There you go. Um, so, so. A two Savage is very different progression wise. I don't know how you felt about it going. To, to me, it took me back to like turn Definitely. four, turn four, but way more like annoying. Well, okay, so it, it appears that I'm going to be in the minority here. So uh, let me, you know, before you get your pitchforks, let me make my case. I think that um, I actually, I'm actually one of the few who really enjoyed A two and really enjoyed A two progression. I Thanks, eye roll slide. <laughs> so, so one of the reasons why I think. I enjoyed it so much is because it was the when when we were when we were practicing for Gordius in normal mode, it was the encounter that was the biggest wild card. There there was there's so many possible possible options for how you can use the 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 car. What were they called? I don't remember what they're the gobwalkers. Gobwalker. The gobwalker. There were so many See, he knows it so well. <laughs> there were so many different possibilities you could you could use the gobwalker for that when we were preparing for Savage, we were coming up with these, uh, you know, these very different strategies for how to use it. And I thought that that was a really fun process. Whereas the other, when we were, when we were learning the other encounters, it was, okay, map this mechanic. Okay. What does it do? All right. Check, move on. You know, this was, okay, what could happen? What, what could they possibly throw at us in Savage that would make us use this gobwalker a certain way? Okay. Let's plan for that. Uh, okay, what what if they do this? Oh, that means maybe we maybe having a DPS drive it is not the best idea. Uh, what about healers driving it? Maybe does that work? Does it should tank drive it? Uh, how should they use their energy? Um, there were it was just so. What if there's two gobwalkers? You know, there, there's <laughs> there was just so many possibilities that it was really fun to plan for. So when I when we went through A two, that's why I thought it was really fun. Um, removing that. I think the fight unfolds a little bit, yeah, a little bit uninteresting in that it's just like seven waves of goblins. And, you know, that part is maybe not very interesting, but 
but this is really the first time we've seen kind of a gauntlet in a gauntlet type tier. You know, you had uh, what um, turn four? Yeah, turn four, was, yeah. It was just a gauntlet, and um, now I'll give you that. It was. We never had one after that. This was this was really the first one since yeah. then. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I, I mean, can can you call turn four a true gauntlet? I, I think it's kind of. I mean, it has. It has a uh, timers. Yeah, and it I, you, you, could, you could call it a gauntlet, I suppose. Um, turn but three I did is not feel, a gauntlet, Chad. Turn three is not a gauntlet. <laughs> turn three is not a gauntlet. I don't know. I, I mean, I, yeah, A two was really just a continuation of their of their idea of turn four, and I don't know if they're the best way to to go about a gauntlet encounter, um, but it was it was clearly evident that it was what they learned from turn four you could see play out in a2 mm-hmm. i got bad memories of see i'm lucky we so we did the i don't know what strategy you did leo we did the one the healer and the gob walker for the first half and me and the gob walker for the last two waves so we did um uh we did we did a, we did it a little backwards from i think how most teams did it um, it was just particularly like the, it's just how our team worked, but we we had our scholar handling the gobwalker for the first um, I want to say were there nine waves total or were there seven waves total? I think there were nine waves. I don't I, I remember that, going because the first six waves go really fast. I think this yeah. I think I think wave six or seven is the four uh, panzers. I want to say there's between seven and nine. Uh, we'll, we'll go with nine. Yeah. Um, but the, the point the point is that we had our scholar doing it for the first seven or so waves, and then we had a DPS jump yeah, into it. That's how that's how I. I mean, we were in the same free company, so that's probably yeah. why our group evolved it that way. Uh, now I know that most people had their white mage do it, as I recall. Um, I remember when when I was talking to Goka about it. I'm pretty sure that they had their white mage do it. I can't. Ah, it's been it's been too long. Does 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 the does the pet stay outside the gobwalker and heal at all? Yes, yes, it does. Oh, okay. There I don't know. I don't know if it still does, but it did uh, back then. Yeah, that makes sense. Because then you—it's the same as having two healers anyway. Let's be honest with the way Gordius went. Yes, I'm trying to remember. Sly, I think Sly did it for all nine waves. That's why he's shaking his head. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I think Sly did it for all nine waves. Oh, that, that's just yeah. That's just not fair. <laughs> No, nobody thank, deserves thank that. Thank you, thank you for the sentiment. Thank you. <laughs> Have a Snickers. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so you like day two? I, I love day two. Yeah. All right. Fuck it. Slay on the fucking fucking fuck people touching the fucking bomb. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think the one the one of the greatest things about a two. Um, that I will, oh, I would love to see them figure out how to implement again in, in Stormblood with the management of the energy in the Godwalker. That led to so much like customization and how you approach the fight uh, mm-hmm. that, that expanded beyond just simple rotations. I remember why we didn't send the White Mage into the Godwalker because Fluidora worked on the bombs if the, the, yes, Fluid, 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 the, the Gobwalker if the Godwalker person fucked up. So did Machinist Blank, but Machinist was garbage at the time. So there's right, yeah. Well, maybe not garbage, but definitely unexplored and un. Uh, it, it didn't have any of the buffs. It, it got no, 
No, it didn't. <laughs> the only thing that was good is that it had the infinite AoE damage from the turret for a lot of those waves. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Sly, you want to take the next one? <laughs> now we're, we're done with A2. You can, you can ask him about A3, because I know this is also Yay. your other favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever um, likes to talk about Gordius, man. I, I like Gordius. to talk about A3 Savage, I and that's it. No. I don't. Fuck Gordius. Gorgeous. All right, all right. Well, I'll, um, I'll be I'll be the opposing viewpoint. Hit me. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and get to the elephant of the room, elephant in the room, which is a three. Um, this is I was a victim. <laughs> I was a victim of a three. Show me on the doll yeah. where 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 Pepsi Man touched you. Everywhere. <laughs> you you got world first, and uh, I think Hap, you have a clip of that. Oh. I have an I have the audio clip of uh, of the, oh, the nerd no. stream. You won't. Don't worry, Layla. You won't hear it. They'll hear it. Okay. But uh, I'm gonna warn everyone now. I don't know how the audio is gonna come out on the stream. <laughs> you may want to consider turning, turning your it. volume down. Just max that shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is the opposite of the advice that I would man give mode. You. All right, let's see. Let's see what kind of volume we're looking Play at. Play these fluids. Play these fluids. Stay right? Stay right here, stay right here, Senpai. Okay, my headphones down too. I'm Keep scared. going, guys. Keep going. You're gonna kill me, fold. You're gonna kill me, fold. Oh, 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 it's fucking dead. Burn it! Burn So many memes were born of that clip. So many memes were born of that clip. I didn't realize till listening to it again how long Leroy is screaming. He's he's screaming oh, about five seconds before the kill, and then for the next thirty seconds. There before is something special about that man. There, there is that is a special human being. <laughs> I, love, I, I love Leroy. I heard he's, com I heard he's coming back for Stormblood. That's that's the that's the uh, like the I saw full the, tweeted the, the rumor yeah he's, that's the he's, rumor he's been talking to us a bit on Skype about wanting to play again and uh, I we get quality clips like that I'm yeah. all for it Leroy is one of my favorite people ever and uh, I hope he knows that before we go on before we go on Haps please tell me that you have I can't feel my feet for later I can't even feel my feet. <laughs> I can just pull it up. I have all of Elysium's videos. Like Okay, perfect, here. perfect. I can just find it. All right, we're good. We're good. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Layla, you have that memory of A3. You want to know what my memory of A3 Savage is, Layla? I kind of know your memory of A3 yeah, Savage. You should, you I'll, listen know... I'll listen to it again. So, I was in the world progression race too, Layla. Did you know that? I did know that. I, you did know that. Great. So the Saturday after you killed, you killed it the first thing. That was actually a one-shot, by the way. That's not just a meme. It was actually a one-shot after reset. Yes. So that Saturday, 
we the stars were aligned lately. We got LB two in the last phase. We were ahead by a percent and a half. Did you get did you get an entire extra LB? Yeah. Yes. Oh. So so you know how normally you LB one at the end, and that was it. We yes. had an LB two for the for the final push. Okay. And we were a percent and a half ahead. Well, I, it sort of depended. I, it, it depended where you use your LBs prior. Because we, one thing that we, we used did, them at the same point you did, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the one thing that we did was we used an LB3 to execute. So Because we didn't use an LB3 uh, on the second, the second hand, which is what most people did in the Mysterious. Yeah, we, 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 did, uh, we did Black Mage LB3. Oh, no, no, no. I think we did Bard LB3. I don't remember if we did Black Mage or Bard. A lot of people, were, a lot of people found that the Bard LB was. Because the Black Mage, you just preferable. wanted to turret. The whole time. Yeah, and then the bard yeah. could just keep the songs playing while he's all being. So. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, continue with your level So search. 1.5% ahead before the LP2. Uh-huh. That's like as good as it's ever going to get. That's, that's pretty that's pretty good, yeah. And then the, we were last, screaming. the last Pharaoh fluid, the bard and the black mage died. Okay, okay. And we died with ACT not even displaying his health anymore. So that's sub 1,000 pretty much. Yes. And that was... And literally every time my raid team comes to the stream now, like my old raid team from those days, they like share the picture of the health bar. They like Rochelle has that like I swear it's the background on his computer. Listen, man. Like, and then we didn't kill it again till Monday, like an I know hour some before. Great support groups that I can get you in touch with <laughs> here if this is gonna continue. That that that's my nightmare. Like that coming back from that was was tough. And then to only be met with manipulator after. That. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's another topic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I got my story. Slide continue. So, so we got to hear Hap's tragedy and just you know my bullshit because I'm fucking anyway. Um, I've heard of a lot, a lot of hardcore raiders call a three the ideal encounter. You call it the ideal encounter yes. uh, for world progression. Um, some people, like myself, say it's utter fucking bullshit. <laughs> Besides manipulator. Um, what are your thoughts on A3? Um, you call it, again, you call it an equal responsibility fight. Yes, which is very important. Favorites. And that's, that's pretty different from, the, I would say, a good majority of the community. Um. So are you, are you saying that the majority of the community doesn't enjoy having equal responsibility? I think they would consider what healers are put through in that fight not equal responsibility. Okay, sure, sure. So I guess I guess the point the point that I was more so trying to make is across your own role. Um, I think that uh, you know the white mage and the scholar they both lift the same much. I think the tanks lift the same as, as their co tank, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that maybe the DPS are going to be doing the same as much work as the tanks are going to be doing, or the tanks are going to be doing as much work as the healers are doing. I don't know if there's an encounter that has ever perfectly balanced that. And I don't think there ever will be just because we as players are always going to shift responsibility into the place where it's best utilized. And for the, in the history of MMOs and rating, typically that means the tanker healer is going to be doing something because we want our DPS free to be able to maximize their numbers. Um, that being said, I, uh, getting back to your initial question of how I feel about A3, I liked the fact that there was equal responsibility within the roles. I liked, uh, I liked the, the tuning level of it in that it was a fight that required such perfect execution that if you did not, if you did not have uh, the maximum amount of uptime available and be doing the most optimal of your rotations, 
you would not be able to kill it with entry level gear. As as a as a progression raider, that is so amazing to me I, that they actually found that uh, level of tuning and were able to apply it to a, a fight for week one. Because the thing gear to me is is not. I, I know that this. I don't. Not everyone shares this opinion. This is just how I uh, think about rating. Um, I don't care about gear. I. Amen. Point, yeah, I, I really don't care about gear. Gear to me is just a stepladder to kill a boss. And beyond that, I don't really care. So the not having to need any gear to kill a boss and being able to kill it with what's available to me if I play perfectly and not being rewarded if I if I don't play perfectly was honestly one of the things that I was rating for. And I found that in A3 and that's why A3 is so favor is such a favorable memory to me. Uh, you know, the, the conclusion to the story that I sort of highlighted earlier was that the probable the, the problem with, with all of this in Gordius was that this wasn't even the final boss. So the fact that there was something tuned even more difficult following that might have been the nail in the coffin for, for Gordius when you when you're looking at it in retrospect. You know, I'm a, when I look at it in retrospect, I, I see the number of groups that did not even make it to A3 Savage. And then the number because that they were, were stuck on A1 and A2 or not make it past A3. No, that, the, the ones that, a lot of them, man, a lot of raid groups that were together for Coil couldn't even pass A1, man. There's <laughs> a lot of raid uh, groups. Because, that, because of that. Okay, right. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's, um, I think, a product of uh, the, the jump that happened from Final Coil to Gordius. And... Uh, we we should definitely highlight that as maybe being an issue. Uh, there's been, there's been a lot of people, a lot of people have brought up the idea that um, maybe if you flip Heaven's Word, if you flip it in that Gordius was the last tier, maybe Creator was the I first. Don't, I don't, don't put me through manipulator, no matter where. You <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it just ignoring 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 manipulator for a second. You know that I think that might have eased people into the process that they had to be a part of for Gordius, rather than. Here's Bahamut, which was killable, you know, week one without any weapons. And then here's Gordius, where you're struggling to get past Faust. You know, you go from killing a, a dragon god to not being able to kill a four-foot robot. <laughs> it is a little bit deflating, I understand. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. I don't think we have to talk about manipulate. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Luckily, okay, luckily, Layla's the guest. I can make him talk about it. I don't have to say anything. You sure? You sure have? I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I don't. I don't even want know what I want to ask you about A4 Savage Layla. It, was it wasn't even like like it was scaled super ridiculous, and then of course there's Nisi, mm. but it was just fucking boring. <laughs> oh, I definitely agree. So, yeah, I mean that 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 to me is the most negative memory of Gordius was. Just how un uninteresting the opening phases of Manipulator were with the, with the four-leg phases. Um, they were just not fun to navigate, especially, I mean, you, you will remember this better than I will, but being a melee throughout that fight and a melee in the final phase was one of the least interesting so things. let me just say you and I now. do have different experiences there because you did yes. Nisi, we did sure, sure. Lucrezia strat so you they so chia and and fold have a way different experience than i do because we were learning nisi when the, all the videos came out 
And then we saw that, and we're like, well, fuck doing it normal. I'm not right. doing that shit. Yeah, so I think um, if you're doing the Lucrezia strat, like you mentioned, uh, the, the last phase of the fight is just a target demi. The melee just sits there and hopes that everyone else in the party does good. Um, that's really boring because it takes you like nine minutes to get to that point on a, on a pull. And there's no guarantee that you're going to get, if you die there, there's no guarantee you're going to get back there. So it's a really grueling process for the melee who are just like, please kill the boss for me. I'm doing everything I can back here. <laughs> um, so I, I identify with that a little bit, but the fight itself thematically, it was very unappealing. It's just a robot that doesn't move. Like I, like I said earlier, we went from dragon God to a four foot Faust robot to a, you know, walking trash can that doesn't move on four legs. You're a walking trash can that doesn't move? Uh, not, not even. Well, I mean, with yeah, fluid aura, it can. Yeah, you, could, you, could <laughs> walk, you could walk him off the edge of the fluid aura during that small period where it was bugged. Oh, uh, um, that was fun. Yeah, he, he doesn't walk. I wish he walked, but he doesn't. I mean, it would definitely be more fun if he walked. Yeah, for certain. To, for, I mean, fun. But I can imagine, like, imagine how much walking the boss in that case would, would change the fight. Like, that's, the, that's such a small arena. It would get so clustered and crowded. But think, so think about things like positioning for the laser, for, like, the five the five tethers. and. Imagine if he jumped, if he, like, rocketed to different parts of the arena, and then you have to, like, reorient yourself. And I mean, Onslaughter himself. does it when we get to, he's basically mini, mini, mini later. Mini, I don't know. I tried to make a min, mini manipulator, and I couldn't get it all in one word. Yeah, you know, I think that. Would have created some cool dynamics if you moved. Might have been, and hear me out here, fun. Maybe. I really. But I think I, at, the, at the end of the day, like the, for the problem, I think with manipulator was what well, we've already highlighted that the melee's role in that fight was extremely uninteresting. So. Yeah, that's how I felt during turn seven, Savage. I was like, "Good luck." Same exact thing. He, it's like healers. You better get rid of the fucking debuff, bro, because I can't do it. <laughs> like what? I feel like I, I forget if it was Chia or Yoda who who made the comment that when they were attacking Melusine on their monk in in turn seven, Savage, there was this entire world behind them that they didn't know existed. <laughs> you, oh, that's I love exactly that. it. That's, yes. You see, <laughs> you see the you see the kiters and the healers. Everyone's trying to spread out. There's fucking voices and 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 things happening. And, and then, Every and, now and then, a bard will enter your peripheral vision. And you're like, oh, that's funny. I didn't know he was there. What's, what's that? What's that tether? Is that a tether? How does that work? <laughs> oh, and then you run back there, and you're like, oh, there's this big thing. I better accidentally right click it and ruin the fight. Um, <laughs> I need to keep my stacks, guys. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, God. So we, we've gone through all of Gordius. Um, do you think going from Final Coil, well, just Coil in general, to Gordius, that the devs, devs did a good job of uh, gauging the player, uh, the player base's ability? Uh, do you, and do you think there was enough information from all of Coil to kind of set the difficulty to like a proper Ten. standard? No. The, the short answer is no. I, I don't. Um, I think that, uh, I think that honestly where they missed the mark the most was the normal mode. I think that uh, okay. the normal mode needed, the normal mode needed to be a uh, better stepping stone into Savage. If their goal was to make Savage a super difficult uh, uh, difficulty tier, tier of difficulty, then 
you need to give your players a stepping stone for that. Because if you compare the normal mode of Gordius to the savage level of Gordius, it's not even, it, it, it's not comparable. It's just not. The, mm-hmm. Doing normal does not prepare you for what you're going to encounter in Gordius Savage, other than you'll learn uh, some of the mechanics on the first two bosses. Yeah, that uh, helped in A3 a lot. Yeah, I mean, what 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 you're supposed to do to get through Gordius is you're supposed to be able to uh, understand how to maximize your uptime and do an optimal rotation. And normal mode does nothing to test either of those things. Uh, and I think that is where they miss the mark the most. Fair enough. Slides me so you keep going. I can't. Uh-oh. The, the bad memories are flooding in. <laughs> we'll, we'll get off of Gordius. So... Pretty much after Gordius, the, the raid team was hit pretty hard. Uh, the next the next thing on the list, of course, Midas, mm-hmm. which, which you thought to be, I think, the best. You said it Midas was the best tier out of all three? Out of the three, I would I would say that, it's, yeah, I, I, would, I would say that Midas was probably the best tier of, mm-hmm. uh, of the three. And that, that's just my opinion. Obviously, you ask... 10 different people, you're probably going to get three different answers. So I was going to say 10 different answers. I'm like, wait, that's like, wait, there's, there's only three. That doesn't actually work. Um, yeah, I mean, unless you want to break it down fight per fight and do 12 different answers. You could, you could do that, sure. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's stick with that. Yeah, you ask 12 different people, you're probably going to get 12 different answers of what the best fight of Heaven's Word is. I think that uh, Midas, they definitely learned a lot uh, from, from their quote-unquote uh, mistakes in Gordius. I think mm-hmm. that uh, that was really apparent in the normal mode. Um, and one of the reasons I sort of brought up the normal mode in the last five minutes, because I knew that we were going to segue into Midas. And one of the things I want to highlight about Midas is the improvements they made to the normal mode. Now, they yeah. still didn't uh, have normal mode be this, this uh, tier of difficulty that's going to help you learn how to maximize your uptime. That, that was, that's still missing from the equation. But mm-hmm. the importance of the normal mode was was a lot different compared to Gordius. The way that Midas Savage unfolded was a lot of the mechanics in Savage are present in normal mode, but Midas throws two to three of them at you at the same time. Or I'm sorry, Savage throws two to three of them at you at the same time. So progression through Savage Midas was sort of learning how to uh, uh, learning how to get through a fight when when the mechanics you know from normal mode are coexisting. And that's the, that's the progression that occurs during Savage. And it's not this environment where your progression through Savage is learning how to maximize your uptime and do an optimal rotation when normal mode helps you do none of that. Um, so normal mode assisted Savage a lot more in Midas than it did in Gordius. And I thought that that was a very big improvement um, and definitely uh, something that I uh, touted as being good you know, good for, for uh, in Square Enix's design decisions. Uh, that being said, like I said before, I think that uh, maybe the, norm, the the tuning of normal mode is a little bit too easy still, and that mm-hmm. these are bosses that are falling over when you don't even know what the mechanics are. Uh, I, tons of pugs went through and one-shot many of the bosses. Maybe not all of them, but uh, pugs just formed and one-shot bosses without really even knowing the fight. Um, and I think that that's uh, potentially not what I would personally like to see, um, but I'm just one person. <laughs> Person. And uh, with with Midas, another thing, uh, Yoshi P said it would be less about DPS and you know more about mechanics. How accurate would you say that was coming from you know being on one of the teams who pulled out a world? Well, the team who pulled out a world first. Um, 
I think that that's a very true statement. I think that if that was their goal, they hit the mark. Uh, and one of the one of the reasons I'm confident in saying that is because uh, our team was uh, we we were special snowflakes who ran really weird comps that weren't necessarily maximized in DPS, and we still saw a lot of success with them. Um, we ran teams that maybe favored a little bit more defensive utility than offensive utility because Midas allowed us to do that. Um, the DPS checks weren't nearly as tight as you saw in Gordius. So, you know, compositions that included Monk and Paladin, two classes that maybe weren't doing as much as, uh, you know, say Dark Knight and the, the Dragoon Ninja variant, um, uh, unless you were on like a target dummy fight. But there was, there was the compositions that included those two jobs were typically not viewed as being high DPS uh, comp variants. And uh, we saw a lot of success with them in Midas. So I think that uh, there's a lot to be said about that. So, all right, unlike A1 and A2 Savage, where, like, it was the first thing in Heaven's War, like, everyone's still kind of relearning their jobs, uh, A5 Savage was pretty much a, we need to get people back into the raid scene after what, what, yes. Gordius, what Gordius did. How welcoming would you say Faust Z <laughs> and A5 Savage were? Okay, so just to sort of highlight what you're talking about, I mean, the Gordius, the raid scene after Gordius was at its worst state it's ever been. Um, there, there was actually, you know, quiet murmurings of Final Fantasy raiding may actually just be dead because of Gordius. Yep. Um, it, it killed so many raiders. I'm oh, sorry, that was Hummel Faust. Faust Z is the one we have in Creator. Sorry, Hummel, there's too yes. many fucking Fausts. I can't. <laughs> I think the Square Enix had a lot on their shoulders with Midas, and they really had to win the scene back. Um, and in my opinion, they did a pretty good job. I think that A5, when I think about it, um, so let, let, let's think about how A5 progresses. You have you have these you have this cool environmental interaction with the puddles on the ground. Um, you turn into fucking birds. I think that uh, that that, that Can we was... put that on a shirt. You turn into fucking birds. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's really fun. Um, it, it's something new that, that hasn't really been done in, in encounters before that. Um, and what A5 is is A5 is a fight that has no real DPS check whatsoever. Uh, teams were skipping two or three of the of the phases when they killed the fight in the opening week um just because the dps check was so lenient that you could it allowed teams to be able to just focus on the mechanics and not have to worry about their dps check uh, as much and that's a much more enjoyable experience for somebody who's like suffering from ptsd from, from gordius and trying to wean themselves back into rating uh, a5 i think was good for that uh, for that purpose now i'm trying to remember hummel faust I don't remember Hummelfaust being as much of a gate as the original Faust. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't have a I don't have a recollection of it being as punishing. So the one thing I remember the most about Hummelfaust is people just not being able to grasp the concept of don't stand in the middle of the fucking room when you're killing the other two when you're killing uh, the first I mean, two. That's, that's, <laughs> I know, but, but you gotta I, be able to handle that though. I know, but people didn't. <laughs> but I remember a lot of people saying that they felt Hummelfaust had a tighter DPS check than. The actual boss. In the beginning, yes. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. Like, Hummelfaust was a much stricter I, I DPS check than actual that. A5 Savage. Well, I think mm -hmm. what I think that what they were trying to do with, with A5 was, okay, here's a DPS check. We want to see if you have at least this DPS check. Now, here's a boss that's maybe more mechanically focused than DPS uh, focused. Let's see you be able to handle a mechanics fight. So you have, like, a DPS check in, in Hummelfaust, and then you have a mechanic check 
in in the A5 boss, who I boss name I can't remember, was it Rat Finks something? It's yeah. a stupid goblin. Stupid goblin who Pickle reminds Dicks. me of Lugay from Final Fantasy IV. There you go. Pickle Dicks. So I think that A5 was sort of like, okay, at least have this at least have this level of DPS, and at least be able to handle this level of me mechanical difficulty. I think that was kind of their goal with A5, maybe. I love what's next on the list, Sly. I keep, I know, I realize I've, I, you know, we, I wrote out a lot of these show notes. I gave Sly every fight that he hates. Let me think about this. One, two, three, four, five. Oh no! Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even Le I know Layla's also. This this falls pretty low on Layla's shit scale, also. Oh, oh no! Or, or high on it, depending on how the scale. Falls. But in all honesty. That's right, we call them Twinkle Dicks for A5 Yeah, Saturday. Twinkle Dicks, that's, yeah, that's what I said. Now, in all honesty, A6 really wasn't that bad. Yeah, it broke up my uh, my group. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, it just destroyed my friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. Just, it's like a game of Monopoly or Mario Party. Any game could do that. Yeah, it just took out my static. Not all, not, not all too bad. Um, yeah, I want you to give me your thoughts on this fight. Well, two thoughts specifically. One with bugs. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Midas had no bugs. There were no bugs in Midas. I don't know what you're talking about. That's just, I don't understand. So I think that when I think about a six, I do have to look through it exactly how you described. It. I have to look through the lens of a bugless fight and a fight that consists of game-breaking bugs. Um, mm -hmm. And and if you're not aware, people who are listening, uh, the opening two weeks. I believe of A6 had some a very large game-breaking bug, and uh, you know it's what we'll, we'll we'll eventually talk about. Um, A6 was a very interesting style of progression. Um, it's essentially four bosses in one turn, or whatever you would call them. It's an a gauntlet. It's 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 it's, it's for all intents and purposes it's a gauntlet. Yeah, you're going from boss to Probably boss. Probably the boss truest. Truest form. Exactly. And that's why I was so yeah. reluctant to call turn four and A2 a, a, a gauntlet before. Gauntlet, because yeah. when I think about a gauntlet, I actually do think about something like A6, where you're getting you're going from one fight to another fight to another fight to another fight until you reach the end. And uh that uh was was definitely how A6 played out. Um, you know, four different bosses, each with their own unique flavor instead of mechanics. So when you learn one, you then have to sort of put that aside uh, and learn the next one, all while in the back of your mind, trying to do so in a, in a timely enough manner that you make an overall enrage timer. You know, you had, you had a certain amount of time to kill all four, boss all four bosses or else it was an auto wipe. Uh, so that was really fun. Um, I thought the first three bosses of the, of the gauntlet were extremely interesting uh, to, to progress through and, and why, oh why only the first three layla what happened well, it, was, it was slowly becoming my favorite fight and uh you know by the time swindler's the third boss and by the time swindler was dead i was like midas is amazing they, square enix has done such a good job with this tier this is the best tier mm -hmm. they've ever made i'm i'm so and happy then, i'm logged in right now and then you get the vortexer and then we see vortexer and i just completely double back on everything i just said because <laughs> i hated the fact that i was logged in and i wanted to <laughs> uninstall i think the so one of the problems with vortex i'll just quickly review it um there was a mechanic uh in the early stages of vortexer that you uh was it, it was a mechanic that wasn't 
I, I don't know if it wasn't coded properly or, or what the actual reasoning behind it was, but it didn't behave in, the, in its intended manner. And it behaved in a manner that was that actually induced an auto wipe. And whether whether or not it whether or not that error occurred was entirely not in your control. And um, I know that there's going to be like people in the chat that are just going to type vigorously at me in a rage and saying, oh, just, you know, it, it wasn't RNG, you could control it. It was RNG, you could not control it. It was, it was just completely out of your control. And I, you know how I many crackpot so theories data. came up about, about manipulating that fight, how many crackpot theories there were. There, it, we have so much data and other teams have so much data to show that any way you attempted to handle that mechanic it ended in the same result of just the, the end result being completely RNG and not in your, in your control. Um, the one thing that I will say, and people who are familiar with A6 um, can maybe appreciate this. Uh, there was something relating to boss, to, to distance rel relative to the boss that did cause the bug to appear less frequently, but it still occurred. And that's that's the the interesting part, and that may just in the grand scheme of things be confirmation bias, but at least my team's opinion was when we positioned the boss a certain way, we saw the bug occur less than when we positioned it another way, and this was reflected in K-pop when, uh, which is another team, which is another team inside my FC. This was reflected when K-pop switched positionings for how they were handling the boss to what from. Uh, from their strategy to what we were doing, and then they saw the bug a lot more frequently. So there was something there. However, in both of those scenarios, the bug was existing. So it's just, there's a lot of unknowns here. The bottom line is that it was there and it was really annoying and stupid. Um, and I, it, it ruins a six for me. It's really unfortunate because like I said, by the time we'd gotten to Swindler, it was becoming my favorite encounter and my favorite style of progression. You know, my favorite thing about A6 was that in A6 normal, you don't have to kill all four bosses in one go, but then in A6 Savage, you do have to kill all four bosses back to back to back. I don't know, something about that difference between normal and savage, where in normal you could wipe on an individual boss, but then in savage, you. Is that true? You don't, you don't have to. No, yeah, if, if you wipe on one of the bosses in the gauntlet in normal mode, you don't have to start the whole gauntlet over. I never knew that. Because you probably did it once and didn't wipe. <laughs> I think I think I've only done a six normal once ever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. They, yeah. That's that's a difference between normal and savage. That's that's incredible. I never knew that. <laughs> Layla learns. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. So just good thing to know. There's no bugs in Midas. Mm -hmm. Great. None. And I mean, Thanks. let's let's be real here. A six savage. Even after they fix that bug, there's sure. the there's the ninja bug with a six savage. Where if you use Shikuchi, oh that was the Shikuchi, it doesn't spawn the tornado, correct? Or yeah, maybe, yeah. It, how did the way it didn't spawn the tornado? Or it spawned in the wrong spot or something? No, um, it. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how. I think it. I think it didn't spawn a tornado, but okay. there was something with the bug because you because you had 30 seconds after that happened before you wiped something. Yes. There's some interaction there where at 30 seconds after that happens you wipe like no matter what. Sure. Okay. Um, so, yeah. The, the oh, the water, the wa crashing water disappears entirely. Ah, uh, okay. But uh, but then I think thirty seconds later it still checks to see if the same person has it, and you just die automatically. I don't remember. I remember just immediately dying like thirty seconds later. 
Right. So um, the the one thing that we should highlight, uh, because you know we've we've sort of only looked through a six through the lens of bug. Uh, we didn't we didn't get to analyze it. You know, maybe say when the bug isn't present. Um, I think that uh, so let, let's look. You know, they, the bug was fixed two weeks into the patch, and uh, let's think about how a six sort of unfolded after that. Um, at that point, a six is a really cool encounter. However, um, what I found interesting. Uh, and I didn't, get, I didn't get to pay attention this much while I was raiding, but I certainly saw a lot of it when I was done. Uh, a lot of people felt that A6 was overtuned, and um, even if, even after the bug was fixed, they were still uh, upset with uh, you know blasters tuning uh, uh, and the the requirement that blaster had to get through blaster cleanly. And then um, what was the name of the second guy? It was blaster. It was blaster brawler swindler brawler, vortexer. So and everyone thought brawler they should be blaster. reversed because Brawler didn't brawl. He shot giant lasers, so they thought he should be Blaster. Yeah, you're actually, that's true, yeah. actually. Whereas, brawl, whereas, <laughs> Bla where, whereas Blaster summons the clones that charge you like a Brawler. Sure. Do you, think, do you think that's actually an error in localization? No, I don't. <laughs> strangely, <laughs> strangely, <laughs> strangely, I don't. I don't, it's just, he's... I mean, I that wouldn't be the first time we've seen that. I mean, the Ninja Billies. Yeah, you know? that's true. Uh, so I think uh, I, was, I was definitely surprised to see that people felt A6 was overtuned. Um, I don't know if they felt that way just because of how A7 was tuned, uh, and we can get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. But uh, post bug fix, I really enjoyed A6, and uh, it's unfortunate that my memories of A6 are tarnished by the bug because it would probably go down as my favorite fight otherwise. Yeah, I mean, A7 Savage is considered easier than A6. I think the big thing with A6 Savage is also how quickly the mechanics happen when you're trying mm -hmm. to learn it. Like, you're dead in, like, the first 40 seconds so many times, mm -hmm. back to back, and then... You know, you finally get it right, and people struggled with Blaster a lot compared to the rest of them. Right. Um, which is why eventually we saw the nerf. Instead of buffing A7 Savage, they nerfed A6 Savage. They got rid yeah. of one of the mines. They changed a few other things. Well, I mean, can they really buff a fight mid-tier? That's There's a lot of, like... After what happened with Twintanya, I don't know what to think, man. That I didn't know what to think anymore after Twintanya back in the day. Yeah, I don't think that they could make an argument to their to their community about buffing a fight mid tier, um, because it's rewarded all the people before the buff, uh, you know, compared to the people post buff. Yeah. So, so, so maybe maybe they felt that was maybe they're backed into a corner and that had to be the response. But see, that was the that was the I, I didn't hear that for, during world progression. I heard that like weeks later, people were saying a seven savage. Same, same. Um, so I don't know how was it because I I, I skipped I I didn't kill Midas till way later because I I dropped out of world progress tier so i never got to experience it firsthand so uh how was a7 how did it feel during progression compared to a6 savage um well, <laughs> i mean okay see you have to understand that we're coming fresh out of a6 that was one of the most frustrating uh sets of progression that we'd ever experienced with, with the vortexer um, problem so a7 was a breath of fresh air we, we were so, so happy to just be done with A6, and we loved every second of A7 because it, it's sort of like, um, you know, when, you, when you, uh, you're when you away from your home for so long, and then you get back home, and you're just like, I've missed this so much. Uh, that, that you know, the couch there, I've missed that couch so much, and you just lay on the couch for the next two hours. Were, were the cages the couch? Yeah. Uh, um, the, were the cages the couch? I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe for the Black Mage, they kind of just sit in there. But I think... Uh, a7 to me, uh, okay, so this, this is an interesting topic. So let's, let's think about this. A6 for us was solved mechanically and extremely killable 
less than 24 hours after we started on it. However, if you remember... It took three okay. days because that goddamn bug just had to wait till one attempt three, lined up. It took three and a half days for it to die. So the fight was killable within the first 24 hours, but it took an entire 72 plus hours for the fight to die. So when I compare that to A7, we A7 was not killable until like 36 to 40 hours into it. Um, maybe not uh, straight, but it really wasn't killable until like the end of the second night of progression. Um, so there has to be something said about that. Like A6 is killable in the first set of progression. A7 took two nights of progression to kill. So when I think about like, was one more tuned, over tuned compared to the other and people are saying that A7 is easier than A6, I have trouble thinking about that just because I look at how long it took. And one if you take away the bug from A6, that A6 would have been a shorter progression cycle compared to A7. So that's where I'm sort of kind of confused. Um, I think that maybe the problem with A6 might have just been Blaster. Uh, but Ask Blaster know. was more like it felt like sometimes. So, But going through A7 I thought was really fun. Um, A7 was, the, was when we switched to a bit of a more defensive uh, style composition because we favored uh, just focusing and getting through mechanics more than we did DPS because we weren't see we weren't seeing really strong DPS checks, but we were, we were seeing a lot of like AOE damage and stuff coming out. So we wanted, we wanted to sort of uh, play a bit more of a turtle style composition. And I think that uh, because we were able to do that because A7 didn't have as tight of DPS checks, uh, it was really fun. Um, it was, A7 was this uh, sort of fight where you're figuring out many different phases of mechanics early on into the fight. So it's, it's, it's like a, an arms race to solve all the phases very quickly. Um, and then what happens throughout A7 is uh, once, you, once you solve the mechanics, you're then balancing having two or three of them pop up at the same exact time. The theme we talked about for Midas in general earlier. Yeah, which is essentially the theme of all of Midas. And that is really fun, speaking personally, for to, to progress through, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I, it's always interesting to me to, to hear that people felt that A7 was, was uh, too easy compared to A6 just because I spent less time on A6. I remember my favorite thing when I eventually got to A7, I was like way late was the in the last 30 percent where the middle is unusable and you have to use the corners where the cages usually are for oh definitely that's 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 an easy highlight for me for a7 savage i also remember people if you disconnected from the fight the boss got a sack uh, okay so <laughs> okay so that that's something that's worth bringing up about midas so we we talked a little bit earlier when we were talking about a4 about the lucrezia style strategy uh that came about and that's a strategy that basically involved people suiciding uh, to, to ignore mechanics. They didn't want that in Midas. No, they, they saw that and they, they, they brainstormed how do we stop people from dying uh, of their own will uh, to, to bypass a mechanic in a fight. And their solution was, let's just give the boss a buff. Every time right. someone dies. Everybody dies. Okay, but wait, maybe there's another way they could abuse the fight. What if they abuse a mechanic by just alt f and desync? Okay, let's just make hey, it so... Hey, it happened in Twintania. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the, everything that they, they thought, like, well, how can, keep, how can players abuse this? Okay, we're giving them a buff. 
They forgot it in one key point, which we'll talk about after A7 Savage. Oh, no. Yep. Yeah. Miu's favorite thing to talk about if he was here. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. A7 Savage, I mean, A7 Savage had bugs too. They had, if you, when you got pulled yeah. into the ice cage, it would actually freeze you on the way being pulled that's, in. That's there, there, happy. I don't there was, know. there, there, had no bugs. Midas had no <laughs> There was the doll instantly exploding instead of letting you kill it first, the big doll. Um, I can't, can't, say, can't say I recall that, no. no. Yeah, there's there's a lot of bugs in, in A7 in A7 Savage also that were, you know, unfortunate. And then the, the position check on the balls sometimes was... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just sort yeah. of how... Yeah. That's the game we play. <laughs> that's, yeah. All right. A7 Savage was a pleasure. I agree. I did it, I did it like four months later, and I, and I ended up really liking it. So one thing we should highlight about it that was good about A7 is the interaction with the environment. This is something that they that existed uh, a number of times throughout Midas, and I, I love encounters that force you to interact with the environment, and you're not just you're not just interacting with a single boss. Uh, and I want to see a lot more of that in the future. All right. So now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I know what's coming next. <laughs> now we get to A8. And there is a to there is a topic I'm going to touch in a second. But have do you have the video? I you know I have the luckily they I like that you guys made clips of just the audio, Layla. So I don't oh, have yeah, to yeah. like go through the video. I could just play. Sure. I can just get the Layla. Come on, fifty k, thirty k. Come on, I'm gonna home game. I'm gonna home game. You all did. <laughs> that that was a fun thing. I mean, people we got a lot of positive feedback about um, that when we did that in Gordius. Uh, so wait, 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 but wait, wait, Layla. I'm I'm really confused. We've been talking about how you got world first, but didn't Nerd Scream get world first? <laughs> yes. So that's, that was that's, that's easily the best Reddit thread I've ever seen on. Yeah, and you know Nerd Scream, they played really well and they really earned it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it real quick. It's 47 seconds long. Again, you two won't hear it through the stream, but they'll all hear it. And again, warning: Leroy was also part of this kill. If I'm not I'm not mistaken, was Leroy part of this? Actually, uh, no, he so wasn't. Mia was. It was Leroy is in the. If you're gonna play the clip, I think you're gonna play Leroy's has a cameo in in VoIP, but he's not. <laughs> I think I think um I don't know because Mia uh, was the black mage, not Leroy. Mia, Mia was the black mage, but we had um, our friend John who who was present with us during progression. He was not raiding with us, but he was just present with us, um, and he. He was was uh, watching one of our streams. Uh, we, had, we had uh, a private, yeah, private yeah. yeah. We had we had a private stream for him, and he was watching it. And one of the when he when he saw that we actually killed the boss, he started going ballistic. And I think we were in Mumble. He was just going ballistic, like yeah, yeah, you guys did it. And then he realized like five seconds later, oh my god, I'm in the BNS channel. I'm not in their channel. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he was he was yelling at Leroy in the BNS channel, and the, Leroy's like, oh, they killed it, and then he hopped up and joined their channel. So he's in that clip. All right, well, all right, I'm going to play the clip right now. Again, warning, headset volume. Turn it, turn it down a little bit. Keep, keep it going. Keep it going. Four seconds. Keep it going. Keep it going. More heals. Keep more heals. Up. More heals. Everything you have here. Shouts up. Get ready to LD, boss. Get ready to LD. I'm going to LD. Everything you have. Everything you have. Go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Oh man, finally. Who's done, boys? Oh my god, dude. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> oh, I no, can't there it was. I can't even feel my feet! 
Was that a one shot, boys? I love because so Layla, I do remember when the last time you were on the show because I asked you why you're so quiet in that clip. Oh yes, yes. And you explained to me that you broke your chair, right? <laughs> or you broke something. Uh, I, so, yeah, I, I think um, uh, oh, the chair breaking story is a different story. That's that's oh, okay. turn nine. Turn nine savage fold broke his chair when we killed nailed these darn savage. Okay. Because I remember you got you said you like got up and you had to come back to your desk. It's it's fucking death. Oh right, yes. I didn't. So I didn't break my chair, but I I knocked it like across the room. Um, because it was like a rolling chair, and it, yeah, it flew across the room. <laughs> I can't even feel my feet. It's is that a one shot, boys? I like the return it's of just, was that a yeah, one shot, boys? Memes it's missing were. crit the boot shine, but it still has its own charm. As far as I I'm forgot about that one, actually. I can never forget. Every, I play Monk every day now, so I always every oh, time I boot shine. It's, it's been a long line of memes, I'll tell you that. It's fold. What are you, are you surprised by any memes? Like we said, if we ever have fold on the show, it's shit posting of the realm. Mm -hmm. There you go. So uh, well, hopefully, gonna happen. Hopefully, hopefully you oh, all enjoyed that fantastic clip. But there was um there was another video that you had personally, uh, and this get, this gets a lot of praise from the community. Um, I believe the term you used to describe this fight was something called mechanical bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were, we're talking about brute justice, right? Yeah, brute justice, uh, specifically the last phase. Um, but I mean, a lot of phases before that too. One of the things that we we highlighted as being a theme of Midas was the fact that they're taking mechanics that you know uh, and know how to work with, but they're throwing them in at you in waves of two to three at a time. Uh, and what brute justice does is it magnifies that and takes the hardest things in the fight and puts them all together in one giant spirit bomb at the end of the fight and throws them to you at, 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 to, all together. Um, and it, it's a form of mechanic vomit. Yeah, it's just literally vomiting mechanics at you at a rate that's overwhelming. Uh, yeah, so wing, wing justice definitely behaved that way. Yeah, I mean, AA Savage was kind of an interesting formula because it took, it literally took a mini manipulator, which no one wanted to see, and then it took the four bosses from... It literally just reused the four bosses from A6 Savage. I think that's our first ever real council fight. Like, if I... I would consider the second phase a council fight. I don't know about no, for you. For sure. For sure. I think that um, uh, we've talked about gauntlets, but we haven't actually talked about council fights. And council is a term that... Uh, I, don't know if it, I don't know if it was born. You're dealing. You're dealing with more than one boss, basically, yes. in a sense. I don't know. Like, obviously, oppressor has the point five, but I, it's a bit. A, gaunt, uh, a council's a bit. There's only there's multiple different bosses with multiple different mechanics. Exactly, and they That's each the have their own. They, yep. they each have their own uh, mechanics, and they're they're honestly separate bosses. Yeah. Uh, each each could be an individual boss, but there's more than. In fact, they each were an individual boss at yes. some point. Yes, exactly. It's all four of the robots from A6. Um, so uh, I would agree that, yeah, the, the second phase of, of A8 was definitely Final Fantasy's first true council encounter. And um, it's really cool that they did that because it was, it was actually a topic of conversation that came up a lot in Heaven's Word of, you know, we've seen gauntlets, we've seen DPS burns, um, you know, patchwork style fights, uh, but we haven't actually ever seen a true council encounter. And then Square Enix comes out with uh, that phase. And I thought, I thought that, that the way that that phase unraveled uh, if, if they're examining that phase, like looking at, okay, how did the council fight work in our game? Uh, did this work well? I think that they can view that phase as, as, as a success. 
So uh, when they're analyzing Heaven's Word and thinking about uh, how they're going to design Stormblood, they can view that part of A8 as a success story and maybe apply that uh, formula to future fights. So mechanical vomit aside, I, I mean, all this had to be more fun than the manipulator, right? So had to be for sure, for sure, definitely more fun than the manipulator. What what made it more fun? Because we so we've got four phases in Savage. We've got onslaughter, who made people math in a way they probably never intended to. In rating, you <laughs> yeah. have the council phase, which takes literally the four bosses from Asic Savage. Mm -hmm. You have brute justice who literally asks you to stop DPS and just do mechanics. Yeah, more or less, yeah. More or less. Obviously, you have tank and healer-specific things and positioning and all that. The DPS check, yeah, I was not as required just because they were very static push timings. And then you have Winged Justice, who is a, not only a DPS burn, but a check pretty much on every level of gameplay. It's such a fantastic final phase. Yeah. So, what what putting putting all this together? What really stood out for A8 Savage for you during during World Progress, especially? Oh, the boss moved. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, the boss moved. Uh, I think. Um, well, okay. The, the obvious, I guess, would be to talk about the fact that this is the first encounter where they've introduced a Savage only phase, uh, and that was awesome. Um, I'd love to see them return to that in in the future. Uh, if, if they're going to sort of keep this uh, level of difficulty for their normal modes, um, I think that having like a Savage only phase does provide some incentive for people to go out and try Savage if they want to experience it, uh, which is good. You should, you should, your game should encourage people to try all facets of it and all, all the difficulties that it offers. Um, I think uh, probably the Wing Justice phase is what stands out to me the most. Um, I un unfortunately, uh, have uh, a few negative opinions about how the phase unfolded um, for reasons similar to my disdain of A4. Um, but uh, overall, I like you described the phases, I thought that they all had their own flavor and uh, culminated into this full, very full final boss of a tier, which is maybe something that they hadn't hit in a long time, not since Nail Do Starness. Oh man, that was fun. I thought that they, I thought that Bahamut Prime uh, final phase didn't really feel like a final I th phase. I thought those puddles would stay forever, man. The puddles should have stayed forever. It would have made such a more interesting phase. Why? Why? I why? don't know, man. Ockmorn was pretty exciting. I mean, Ockmorn was the only part of that phase. <laughs> Listen, man. Not knowing when when the fucking tethers were gonna snap to you properly was pretty. Oh strange. yeah, that's but that, that we could have talked about that with Digititis and A3 Savage also. Mm -hmm. Because they've since made steps to make things like Digititis less bullshit. <laughs> yes. No, I think they've somewhat succeeded, but they, it still needs some work. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. Um, Sly, <laughs> Sly I've, I've been, I've, I took over. Sorry. I couldn't stop. Yeah, I, yeah. I really liked Midas, Sly. And you didn't make it past A6 Savage, so. I, <laughs> I, I felt like I needed to take the helm for a lot of this. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Um... One last thing, you, again, going into Midas, you said that, that Midas was pretty much the best tier. It's glaringly obvious what makes it better than um, Gordius, but what makes it better than the creator? Which we're going to get to in a minute. Um, 
that's a loaded topic. Uh, <laughs> so the, the best way that I can answer that succinctly is creators tuning is another sort of experiment by Square Enix to sort of improve improve the uh, mass populace's clear rates. It's not that Mike Gordis and Midas did not reflect a clear rate that was satisfactory to the devs. Um, so the creators tuning is a product of that and they wanted to see more people clearing their content and experiencing it, uh, which is fine and uh, probably good for the overall state of the game. Um, I'm a little surprised that Midas had as few, as small the clear rate as it did. Uh, you know, Gordius I completely understand, but uh, Midas I would have maybe expected a little bit higher clear rates. Um, Do you but, think it's a result of Gordius that Midas even still didn't have it? Yeah, aftermath? actually, I mean that's that's probably a good analysis. I think that uh, that definitely has to play a role in it. You know, teams. That, okay, sure. If we're if we're going with that, then you know teams were probably recovering and rebuilding from the disaster that Gordius was, and it, it honestly probably took an entire tier for the scene to recover. So uh, that that may be why we why we why we saw that reflected in the Midas, Midas clear rates. That being said, um, my personal opinion, and I know I my opinion is not a universally shared opinion. Um, I felt that Creator was tuned to a level that made it not nearly as fulfilling as it maybe could have been. Uh, it was a tier that uh, for the raids that were, for the teams that were raiding the most um, died in less than 48 hours. Uh, and when you're, when, you're when you're preparing and looking forward to a tier for months to only be able to enjoy the progression of it for less than 48 hours was kind of a letdown. Uh, I expected more and um, when I think about Midas, the reason why I think Midas was more, hit the mark better than Creator in terms of that was Midas was a tier that was clearable without weapons, but required you to push yourself to the limits to be able to make that window. Um, I feel that Midas was a two week tier. I mean, obviously it was a two week tier. It actually took to the beginning of the third week, but I, if, I'm, if I'm looking at the tier analytically and asking myself, okay, if my team played perfectly, how fast would this tier have died? I do not think it's a one-week tier. I think had A6 not had bugs, we still would have been working through A3, A7 uh, in the first week, and we would have probably killed A7 in the middle of the first week, but I don't think the, three, the two or three days remaining would have been enough to kill Brute Justice. So I think Brute Justice, no matter what, would have been a week two kill. And had we played perfectly, you could have seen a week two kill, uh, but the, the conclusion of that story is we didn't see a kill until weapons were awarded in week three. Um, but uh, an encounter that pushes you to, that is clearable if pushed to your limits before weapons, I think is the perfect mark of a tier. And I know that's my opinion and not universally shared, but uh, that right. is how I feel. And I'll get, I'll ask you about uh, reward versus fulfillment in, in a little while. Let's just go ahead and just dive right into creator. Hey. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, we can talk about it. High five. Woo! You beat this one, slide. Yeah. Yeah, um, so no real horror stories here. Um, I wouldn't say universally, but uh, amongst the majority described as the easiest tier of the three. I'd say that's universal. Up to, up to three, for sure. I think that's yeah, definitely widely accepted. Um, so we know, we already know that you were 
disappointed with it. On on a scale of one to ten, how disappointed were you with this with this tier? Okay, so initially not as much. Um, okay. when, when we when I finished the tier, I didn't have much negativity towards it. I thought that the fights were kind of fun. I thought the A11 and A12 were at least fun. Um, it wasn't until I saw the sort of disappointment in the in the replayability uh, that I really started feeling the effects of of the tier. Um, the more gear, the more and more gear you get, the the less interesting these fights become. Uh, and that obviously that's true for every tier, but it had never been true so much. Uh, we were skipping um, massive portions of the fight. Uh, the more gear you get, and especially you saw that you saw a massive power Hello, spike. Hello, Lapis. Goodbye, Lapis. Yes, I mean you <laughs> saw a lot of that play out in A11 specifically. Uh, I think um, th that definitely weighed into my feelings of it. Uh, but some of the mechanics, I'll, I'll highlight. I won't speak just only negatively about it. Um, some of the mechanics were were fun. I thought that the the A11 mechanics were fun. You know, the fact that they were skippable and kind of, that was kind of annoying aside. If you just look at every mechanic individually, they're pretty fun. Um, there's a lot of like movement, and uh, 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 people have to be in certain spots, and uh, there's a lot of like managing of the towers in the last phase and stuff, and working through that. Uh, that's all cool and probably well designed. The problem is problem. The, the the tuning like really detracts from that because it 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 takes away from so much of of those mechanics because you start not even seeing them. Well, okay, so first of all, this was the first Heaven's Word tier where you guys missed the mark on World First. Yes. Um, I'm taking a sip of my water. Yeah, no, no, don't worry about it. Um, I remember very specifically the tweet of your comment after it was done and the race mm -hmm. was over is that you were excited it was actually a race. Like, it was, it was fast-paced. Yeah. That was that, I remember that being the initial reaction that you were just discussing right here. Yeah, uh, I think probably what that was referencing was um, a lot of people like to, <laughs> so a lot of people like to sort of put words in the mouths of other raid teams, I guess is the nicest way I could put that. Um, so when, when we, when the tier was cleared so quickly, a lot of people were like, uh, oh, you're the uh, Square Enix, you're going to scare away your, your high end rate, your high end raiders, your, your hardcore, your hardcore player base, you know, what are you doing Square Enix? Um, and this was sort of me reacting to that. Like, look, speaking from that demographic, I don't think many of us care how difficult or not difficult a boss is. I think I speak for most people, you know, in that world progression scene that we do it for the thrill of the race. Um, it's it, the competition is what makes it fun uh, at the end of the day. And you're going to have competition in a sprint and you're going to have competition in a, in a long distance marathon. You, know, you saw a long distance marathon in A4, and you saw a sprint in Final Coil and Creator. Um, both are competitions in their own way, and competition is fun, and that's that's sort of the point that I was trying to make. So, do you, so I'm getting the impression that you're not all for sprints, though, because if if we had okay, to call so, Creator a sprint, we would call A8 Savage, uh, sure. you know, a, a, a cross country race. If, if if I had to pick between the two, I definitely favor. Uh, a tier that goes a bit long, go, not just a bit longer. I favor that that, that beatable before feels like it's beatable before weapons that you yes, were talking about that's, before. That's exactly where my favored uh, difficulty lies. I'd like to see, uh, I like to participate in encounters that are killable before weapons with very good play. 
um, uh, but push you to your limits before the weapons. That weapons are really the turning point in a progression cycle. They're just they're the massive power Except spike. Except in manipulator. Yeah, okay, that's true. <laughs> five weeks, I think it was. Well, five uh, weeks. Without without spending too much time on manipulator, though, um, uh, a, a lot of people who they won't be familiar with how manipulator actually unfolded. I can tell you that you have to you have to look at break down manipulator into like three things. It's like manipulator before weapons. You couldn't even practice all portions of the fight because you couldn't make the DPS checks required to see the later phases. So you 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 had to wait for weapons to come before you could actually practice the later parts of the fight because you couldn't make the leg timing windows that you needed to. Uh, and, and then once you get weapons, you then realize, oh, we don't have enough HP or overall DPS to actually kill the fight, even though we can now practice the rest of it. So now we're waiting for more HP to be able to survive the fight. So it's like these. You have two walls that existed in, in manipulator progression, that, and that's too much. One wall, uh, it's still not even enjoyable. When you have two, that's way too much. <sighs> okay, all right. I don't. I just we started talking about the manipulator again, and I just yeah. You got to yeah. 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 All right. Anyway, slide. So, um, what would you say was the um, the fight you liked the most in terms of world prog for? For creator, I would say, hmm, I, I did not like A9 at all. Uh, one thing that actually people might not be familiar with is there was actually a, a, a kind of annoying bug in A9. A bug? No. Yeah, what? It, it, it got hotfixed very quickly. Um, or actually, did it? It might, <laughs> it might. I'm actually trying to remember. It might have not gotten. I mean, creator, creator happened so fast because it only lasted less than 48 hours that it might have. Uh, it might have not been fixed until later in the week, but there was a bug with the uh, players holding the bombs would randomly drop the bombs if they I had, do remember that. Yeah, if they had like an AOE effect hit them or something, like a, a fr even a friendly AOE effect. So that happened in normal like a, too. If you had a Medica 2 or a Fairy buff go out, it would just call, force your player to drop the bomb. And oh my God, we had that happen to us like a dozen times and it took somebody in our FC chat, uh, seller, um, noting why it was happening for us to figure it out. It was so annoying. Uh, cost a couple pulls. So I don't like A9. Um, I think that A10 was cool. I thought the, I, like I said earlier, I was a big fan of environmental interactions. So I think that uh, the, the way that, yeah, I think that the way A10 uh, unfolded was cool. It's my favorite though. Probably not. I'm thinking that A11, A11 was probably my favorite. Yeah. Uh, it was... Yeah, it was just, I don't know specifically what about it was. I think it was the fact that it was sort of this, uh, it was very dynamic. Um, you sort of had to, oh, the boss was not scripted. He would sort of change what he does um, uh, randomly um, with, with a very strict set of parameters. Like you can only do one or two, two different things. Uh, but because it was dynamic, it, each pull was different than the last. So while you're progressing through it, it's kind of not, it's not mind numbing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I thought the just aesthetically the boss looked cool and uh, was fun. I will say that the the active time event that they have in it is a complete waste of time. I love the way they described the active time event when they had the live letter, where they said that they <laughs> they used to have you do a combination of buttons and that they just fucked That's it up so much, expecting. so they got rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting. I was hoping for that. Um, but... like flash, flash, revolution. That would have been fine. I was expecting uh, more. So A11 is your favorite. But I would at the say same so. time, 
at the same time, this is a fight that has skippable mechanics. Yes. So it was. So I guess I should. Oh, so I should preface that. That's mm-hmm. it's my favorite during progression. Uh, okay. Post, post progression, um, probably a twelve. Uh, yeah. I think a twelve survived the test of time a lot more so than the previous three bosses. Uh, Minus second, second, and um, second puddles. That's about the only one. Right. So again, a twelve was a fight that could have been a lot more interesting uh, had it been tuned a little bit higher. Because um, I think that one of the uh, most intricate portions of the fight is that final phase with the puddles, and uh, some teams don't even see that because they just kill the boss before it even happens. So uh, that's probably a little bit unfortunate. Uh, if you're progressing through a fight, you should probably have to see all the phases, especially if it's a final boss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zervin would know about that. <laughs> that's unfortunate, like, chain of events that occurred, it seems. Yes, I would say so. So I actually, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit, again, because we're talking about your favorite fight here, talk about the surviving. You very briefly brought up prep for... The tiers and how this yeah, yeah. tier, you thought that, like, you prepared and that was done so fast and whatever. Um, how did preparation change tier to tier then? Because you didn't know how to prepare for Gordius. Then Gordius happens, and then you have Midas that they tell you is going to be different. And then you have Creator, which, again, they say is, you know, probably going to be the easiest of the three tiers. Like, there's a lot of information. Sure. So, um, on the off chance that, you know, I do participate again in, like, a, a world race uh, I don't want to give too much away in how I prepared for Gordius because it's going to be very similar to how I prepared for Stormblood. But um, the way that like preparation evolved, um, I think you have to look at Gordius and, and compare it to the other two because Gordius was a new expansion. It's a very different set of uh, style of preparation compared to something like Midas or Creator. And this upcoming patch 4.0 is going to be uh, very similar to how uh, teams prepared in Gordius. And um, it's it's going to be a, uh, a an arms race for information. It's that's really what it's going to be. Um, you know, when when you're preparing for creator, everything's kind of figured out. Like honestly, Heaven's Word was kind of solved. Uh, maybe the only the only possible question mark, if you can call it a question mark, and you you know this isn't even true for teams like Angered who apparently had it all figured out. The only question mark for everybody except maybe Angered was is the astrologian going into the four, uh, three point four, and. Um, you know, other than that, Heaven's Word was pretty much figured out at that point. Going into 4.0, we have an entire new game, and nothing's going to be figured out out of the gate. And uh, it's going to be our job to sort of figure things out as much as we can heading into 4.0. You know, we have we have that opening set of uh, two to four weeks, and that's really where uh, there's just going to be... Well, a, four, uh, we- four weeks now. Four weeks. For Savage. Yes, for Savage, yes. Yeah. Sorry, you had a question. You specifically put this question in there, so I gotta let you take it. So, um, do you think comps got a little more creative this year? Uh, in what I forget what patch it was, but Bard's got a huge oh god, and <laughs> damn near god tier. And like I noticed a bunch of groups uh, centering their comps around it. So, was there a lot of creativity this year with the comps? No. <laughs> no. no I don't know. I saw Angered go Summoner. <laughs> I know I saw I saw the mission. I mean, I guess it I guess for for me when I looking at it, it's more there's, like there's, there's the FF logs comp and then there's progression comp. 
here's the bottom line. There exactly okay. in in progression. Uh, there's really not a lot of variation in what you did. Um, what what I okay. I will be fair. Um, because of the way Creator is tuned, yes, it allows for more flexibility. Um, I guess I was more so reacting to what was completely optimal for min maxing. Um, but yeah, because of the way Creator was tuned, it does add. It does allow for more flexibility in the comps that you can use to clear a fight. I will. I will 100% agree with that. Um, so we if that's what you're speaking to, and I got stuck uh, on fucking machinist again. If, if that's what you're uh, speaking to, then yes, I agree. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think that uh, what, ended, what happened before 3.4 is a certain set of classes have been buffed so much uh, that uh, it sort of snowballed into this, um, this uh, composition that stacks so much DPS energies that it sort of does trump all of its, all of its competition. Bar what the fuck are they thinking with balance and bar those balance and bard buffs? I will never know. It, it was, I mean, if you, if you take those buffs... In, in a isolated environment, in a vacuum, um, they're okay. And I made quotation marks with my fingers, I'll have you know, they're okay. Uh, when you stack all them together and everything leads up to the, and, and everything leading up to the balance changes, uh, you have what we saw in 3.4, which was a giant snowball after effect. It was fucking ridiculous. And I had to do a whole tier without a Dragoon as Machinist, man. I think that... Um, I think <laughs> That's so really sad. Do, I think that they really do need to hit the reset button a little bit in that regard, um, because if, if it continues, it's going to snowball worse and worse. Well, let's hope that Stormblood is a reset. I mean, generally, an expansion should be. Oh, no, I'm, expecting, I'm expecting that it will be, um, so I don't even feel the need to probably highlight it. And um, a while back, you mentioned, oh, a few minutes ago, you mentioned the buildment in terms of the creator and how there was, for you, lack thereof. Uh, is there any aspect they could have changed to kind of balance fulfillment and reward? Because this is different for some people. Um, some people did get fulfillment out of it. Now, I don't know if they were wearing, you know, rose tinted glasses because of Midas and Gordius and that like that kind of changed their view on the fulfillment uh, but is there anything any aspect they could have changed to um to kind of balance out fulfillment and um reward um I'm not sure I I think that when I was talking about this the other day because uh, this was brought up on uh, my stream I think that one of the reasons why Creator behaved the way it did was sort of a result of the big snowball we were talking about, combined with them also uh, lowering difficulty in terms of tuning. Uh, and I think when you combine those two, you do get the very extreme nature that Creator uh, became, uh, is and was, and was designed as. I think, uh, in order for me to find more fulfillment, I just need to have a little bit more, I guess, I feel like I have to be working, I feel like I have to be earning what I, what I get a little bit more um, because mm -hmm. some of the bosses and creator are so pushover that you don't even, you don't even get to enjoy the process. And I think that's the problem. Um, progression has to last a length long enough for you to like savor it and enjoy what you're doing you know it's really funny we were when we, when we first brought up creator and i was trying to remember like a9 and a10 the progression cycle lasted such a short amount of time 
that I had to actually stop and think about it. Like what was even the, what was the progression cycle even like? And it's the only tier where I, where I, where I have to do that. You know, I think about all the other tiers and I can pretty much tell you exactly how the progression cycle behaved, but creator happened so fast and it was blitzed through so quick, so quickly, but I have to stop and think about, wait, what actually happened? And that's, um, you blinked and it was over. Yeah. And that's, that's not enjoyable. Like you're, you're half of, it's like half of the tier. I don't even, I don't even get to savor and enjoy. Um, so I, I want to see that, uh, maybe addressed and maybe have the progression cycle last a bit longer. I'd so with that out of the way with creator Stormblood is in less than 40 days and four weeks after that is Omega Savage. Yes. Which, by the way, according to the forums, the title that Yoshi P gave it is um, Interdimensional Rift uh, Delta, Chapter Delta, which I'm assuming is going to get translated differently for us. Um, and he's actually, he actually was testing it today and he yes. got and they he had this uh, battle team carry him through the fights. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, so going into Omega Savage, the expectation here are the expectations we've been given. The first tier will be the easiest mm-hmm. of the three tiers. I that, think that that's, 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 that's fine. Uh, because they want people who are easing into all the new jobs to actually pick up the skills and be sure. able to learn through. I suppose with Gordius where... Exactly. We, we talked about one. earlier, like, what happened? Yeah. What, what would happen if Creator was first, Midas was second, Gordius was third? Right. Maybe that would have been more favorable, and maybe that's what they're going to hope to achieve with Omega. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that that means the final tier of Omega should be comparable to Gordius difficulty. No, no. And I don't, and I don't think they were But they are aiming for, if a raid group gets together, they should feel like they can go through all of the bosses in a row and feel like there was an actual curve. As sure. opposed yeah. to fucking whatever this thing is. Do you is. think that curve is uh, continues from, say, Omega 4 to Omega 5? Um, I think that's that's... That can't first. I I don't believe that could be possible. I think that I don't, I don't think so either. That's why I'm wondering. <laughs> I, I think it, it's more like like if you look at the average of the curve for each one, it goes up in a sense. Okay. But it's okay. always going to be where the first fight of the next tier is easier than the last fight of the previous tier. Sure. Um, but then by the end of that tier, the final fight there is a clear step above the previous tier. Um, we still know how many bosses it's going to be. That's been made pretty clear. To us, that the number of bosses will remain the same, um, but the one thing that's that's changing, the dynamic that's changing, is in all the odd numbered patches, they're providing a fight for the one percent. They're claiming. Okay. Yes. Yeah. In the filler patches. Yes. So that way, there is something to to race on in the odd numbered patches. I'd imagine that has to be tuned to the the like maximum item level, like four months of item level farming. It, it has to for sure. Yeah. So when seeing all of this combined, what are your kind of hopes for Omega Savage? Uh, let me call it interdimensional rift savage for the entirety of four point X. Where do you kind of place your expectations here? Um, where do I want my expectations to be? Or what, well, do no, I what, what are your, what are your realistic expectations based on heaven's okay. word, based on information from interviews? So what do I think is going to happen? What do you think is going to play out? I think that we're going to see something similar to how Creator behaved, um, uh, which is not my preference, but I do believe that's what's going to happen. I think that uh, what is specifically what you highlighted earlier about they want the player base to be able to go through a raid tier learning new jobs. 
um, they want people to to, to to play their jobs first first off you know some of the new jobs weren't played in Gordius because they a people weren't good enough at them yet and b uh, they just weren't tuned to a a, a perfectly uh, specific level that uh, helped them meet the Gordius requirements um, you know machinist was not tuned well enough to be able to meet some of the requirements in the uh, some of the fights, although actually Machinist did okay. I'm, I'm not going to use that as an example. Um, I think that we'll probably see something similar to Creator in 4.0. Uh, and then I think we'll see the first big experiment for them in 4.1. And it's interesting that you said uh, they'll add a fight to 1% because I know this is a topic that's come up a couple times. Um, it's been unclear. My, a content my, content yes. for the 1%, we should say. My expectation is that we're not going to get a tier. No. I, it, it is not reasonable it's not feasible no this is this is going to be something that's kind of i'm going to i view as cost efficient for them um and mm -hmm. it's uh probably not going to see it's not going to be the focus of their development um and for that reason we're probably not going to see a fully fleshed out tier um it's probably going to be a maybe super savage version of the final boss of the previous tier or something that's my exact um, expectation as well. i could ex i could expect that and um the, because of that, I don't particularly think, some people are saying that, oh, well, the odd patches are going to replace the uh, progression race from the even patches. I really don't think that's going to be the case. No, there's no way. You can't no, have, you a can't. A single fight, it yeah. does not replace the thrill of a, of a race through a tier. It just doesn't. Um, you're still going to see, I think, the primary focus. This is my expectations. Uh, I'm still expecting to see the primary focus of the progression races being happening in the uh, the even set of patches. Well, that's where overcoming gear deficiency is a thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas Second Coil Savage was not overcoming gear deficiency; it was overcoming, well, I guess, health right. checks and and yeah. mechanics being uncheesable. That being said, it may. I mean, the, on the five percent chance that they surprise us with, a, with an entirely new tier, hell yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, do you want, like, reward-wise, because they, they seem to be implying it's almost exactly like Second Coil Savage, which was to hit, you know, people, you know, you're getting, the only thing you're getting is the sense of progression out of it. You're I'm not, okay with that. You're not building a reward, maybe a title or something, you know, and you're, you're okay with the Second Coil Savage reward what I'm structure? Expecting to happen, what I'm expecting to happen is uh, something in the form of glamour, mount, and titles. I think that we're going to see, I think they, they've learned from Second Coil Savage that, uh, there needs to be something tangible in the reward, and a title is not enough. Um, there needs to be uh, something physical that they can show off and feel proud of uh, to get people really interested in participating. And I think that they see stuff like uh, armor aesthetics and mounts to be the way to do that. I don't expect to see an eye-level increase in the rewards. Um, I think that that would be a very polarizing way to go about it because then you're punishing the people who don't participate and it, it basically makes the barrier of entry to the next tier uh, much more hard to tune for. You, you know, do you yeah, tune you, 1%? Because yeah. then you're going to leave your 1% your unhappy if you tune it too easy and then you're going to leave your 99%... Uh, you want to talk uh, about dead in 48 hours? Give me five extra item levels in all, <laughs> yeah, exactly. in all my slots. <laughs> yep. So I guess, I guess overall that's my expectations. And uh, going off of that, uh, something we kind of talked about in the past, I guess, with all the interviews is um, raid incentive. Like, it's kind of the instant gratification behind raid. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, challenge and gear with the whole new um, 
I guess, new tier or a fight. Um, and then them talking about like achievement based rating or incentive behind that. Uh, is there anything you would like to see implemented along those lines? For sure. Oh, I've, I've been very outspoken about this. I think that uh, the achieve, achievements are an extremely underutilized uh, part of, of the game right now. I think mm -hmm. there's, I think there's two things that are really underutilized. I think the duty timer and achievements are highly underutilized by the development team right which, now. Which luckily Frosty hit in his interview recently. I was, yeah, I was really happy for him from that. Um, I think that, uh, again, I, I go back to cost efficiency. Like, yes, I want, I want something from the developers, but I'm not ignorant enough to think that uh, they're able to meet my every demand. So I want to think about what's, what would make me happy that's cost efficient for them. And I think about uh, you know, them taking a fight uh, not really changing it very much, if at all, and just putting a parameter around that fight for a clear a clear parameter. Uh, and if you clear it under this parameter, you get an achievement that yields X reward. Um, and say, uh, I actually don't want to be put on the spot right now. I'm thinking of an example, but you know, th there's a lot of cool things they could do with that, and it's very uh, it's an untapped resource I think right now, the achievement system for rating. For, and no, I'd say in general. In general, okay. the achievement system in the game feels... Well, I, I think I in general, it doesn't... Yeah. Well, in general, I think it, it's really too much of a non-issue. I think it would only... Well, I wouldn't say only apply, but applies more to raiding than anything. Everything else, like dungeons and shit, while it's nice... See, but I think, know, I really I think back to WoW, and I, I loved some of the dungeon achievement, like working on a, getting every dungeon achievement that they had there. Like, I look back at uh -huh. those times, and, I mean, I played WoW for three years. I, I I look at those unique challenges that are presented, even if it's just finishing it within a certain parameter that's not really that special. It's the uh, the achievement of it. As but opposed to do is, this ten times, do this a hundred times, do this a thousand times, do this yeah, ten thousand times. Yeah, that's the thing. The question is, does it take away from the monotony of dungeons that's already there? So the monotony in dungeons, I feel, would come from the achievements that ask you to do ten, a hundred, thousand. Like we have those already. Yes, we have the I don't like those. Yeah, and I, I would, I would stay, I would stray away from those and make more interesting uh, conditions and parameters for the achievements. Like even when I'm playing, like obviously you can't compare a single player game to an MMO, but when I think of single player game achievements, there are some that are that are just straight up grinds, but there's some of them that ask you to do something that can demand you to play a certain way, and. So that is a that that's a different place out. It's a different experience than what I was presented the first time. Let me let me give you a really cool example building off that single player analogy. You think of a game like Final Fantasy Tactics, where you have uh, all sorts of different options for your 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 team makeup and stuff, and there are cool uh, little conditions that the community has made, like you know clear clear the game uh, with only this set of jobs, uh, clear this fight with with doing this strategy, uh, or clear this fight in X number of turns. Uh, player turns and stuff like that is really fun to me and it it does take away from the monotony of, of uh, the replayability even looking at final fantasy 5 uh, five uh, the four job fiesta uh, yeah i'm less familiar with final fantasy 5 but yeah that's another example it's basically where when it, you unlock new jobs you random the jobs for one of the players and that's your job for the rest of the game so by the time you've unlocked oh exactly yeah that, every time you've unlocked and once you once you you know you unlock the first set of jobs you roll for the first person the second set you of jobs what? you roll for the second person third fourth and then that's the that's it whatever you roll that's what your goal is to complete the game as you know where my mind immediately went as you're talking about that what how can that be utilized in palace of the dead that would be really fun what you mean? Do it, well, the problem with Palace of the, jobs and Palace of the Dead. I mean, they would have to. They would have to support it. Is the thing. Yes, yes, like yes. they'd have to basically be, be able really to, to look at 
what each play like you'd have to basically sign up as multiple jobs they'd have to let you queue they we need a system in the game that will let you queue as multiple jobs first and yes. then it, and then auto failure which by the way is something jobs. that honestly considering final fantasy 14 is built the way it is being able to queue as multiple jobs and mm-hmm. and play as the one that actually gets the queue Mm-hmm. at once should be something that we should be looking to support anyway because yes, it's, we're like one of the only games that could feasibly do the that. armory system is like very underutilized and unique and underutilized yeah um so yeah i think i think we've hit a i think we, we hit a few points there that uh we could hopefully look yeah. to 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 it's you probably, know it's probably a show idea in there somewhere <laughs> there's probably a show idea in there somewhere well uh i mean we could what we haven't done? Really? We'll, 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 we'll poke the man, Layla. We'll poke the man. Yeah. Yes. I was surprised to see that he's starting to be more willing for set bonuses. How do you feel about set bonuses as a raid incentive? Do set bonuses excite you? Oh, of course they excite me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so, uh, let, me, let me... Okay, so I, I, I promised not to talk about WoW much, but I will tell you how they function in WoW so that people can have an idea of like what they would be expecting to see in Final Fantasy. The, the thing that happens with it, each new tier in, in a game like WoW is your set bonus changes, your, your, the way your character's rotation and gameplay, it changes those things uh, so much from tier to tier that each tier, it's kind of like you're learning something new about your class. So it's not like, say, it, by the time Midas came out, I sort of felt that I had kind of learned, I would say, 98% about Warrior. Um, whereas maybe if I had a new set bonus, I'm down to maybe 90% and I got to learn that extra 10%. Is learning 98% of warrior just when almost all but two buttons are fell cleave? Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> Pretty much. There you go. Oh man. All right. Yeah. So I think Sly had one point he wanted to hit for creator savage before we wrapped it, up or for, uh, for, for storm. No, no, rating, no, no. For storm. No, rating. Well, two things, two things. Okay. One, one might be. Might be kind of a sore spot for you, Layla, um, that we really haven't talked about much. And um, I know, I know you are in your feelings about it, especially for the the final one, primals. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now, naturally, primals come secondary in nature in terms of raid. But yeah. what what were your um, opinions for the primals in terms of first day content? Not not counting like. Uh, replayability or anything like that but first patch okay. what were your opinions um it's going to vary from from primal to primal uh for of obvious course. reasons but i think that so i'll highlight the one that i like the most and that was sephiroth uh why did i like sephiroth i like sephiroth because sephiroth actually uh was a part of the raid tier and it was a part it affected progression um mm-hmm. teams had to you know sephiroth was released at the same time as a new Alexander raid tier uh, and Sephiroth offered weapon upgrades for teams that were participating and teams had to sort of like plan their progression route of when they're going to go and farm Sephiroth for upgrades versus when they're going to clear uh, when they're going to be clearing Alexander and that non-linearity and progression was I thought really healthy for for the rating community and and the overall like rating uh, strategy um, so I, I think back, uh, that that was a success story. Uh, other than that, um, the prim- the primals are kind of a secondary thing. Uh, they're not really ever the focus of conversation. And I, I specifically look at fights like Zervin as being huge negatives. Uh, Zervin, I think is honestly a, uh, 
disgrace to the primals that came before it. Um, it's it's it basically says that you don't need to um, you really don't even have to try to be able to kill me and take my loot and yeah, any, any fight that yeah any fight that you can you know cue in first day of patch and complete in what three pulls twenty minutes that's yes. Yeah, Zervin went down real fucking fast. Right. Yeah. One of one of the things that, that got brought up in chat just now was Thornton, and Thornton was an amazing primal. I, I will say that even though it didn't affect, it, even though it didn't affect a major progression cycle, um, mm -hmm. fights, fights like Thornton, I thought were, I thought the game was really heading in a good direction uh, in terms of primals. And um, uh, you know, we saw Thornton I think in three point one, so it was leading up to Midas, and we, that was sort of. Uh, the first fight that players had after the manipulator. Um, and it was one that was very welcoming back to the game. Um, like I took a little bit of a break before 3.1 and I came back the day of 3.1. Um, and uh, going back, going through Thornton was like really refreshing and enjoyable. Uh, so that being said, I want to see them continue primals, um, maybe on the, in, uh, as interesting and difficult as Thornton on the filler patches. And the ones I, I do want to continue to see primals on the main patches, the main raid patches. And if I'm not opposed to them offering upgrades that will directly affect progression, um, I think that I think that if they don't, it's going to be it's going to become ignored content. And uh, that's not really what the developers want to see. They don't want to spend hours and hours designing a fight only to have players ignore it 20 hours into the patch. Speaking uh, of which, that brings up one very interesting point I want to hit. Yes, Sophia. Okay who did okay. offer upgrades, mm -hmm. but they were crafted weapons. Yes, it was a crafted alternative, and it, the crafted was obviously much more time efficient uh, for people um, to acquire rather than learning and farming Sophia mid-progression. Which, Which I'm sure, sure, yeah. sure you're not a big fan I don't, of. I don't feel, well, I don't think it, like, in terms of Sophia, it was... It, it came down, if you were doing design. world progression, you went for the crafted weapons. If you were just doing normal, like, every, like you know, just raiding sure, with your friends. Fair. Yeah, mid-core, I would say mid-core raid, it was, it was a bit feasible in terms of the time, because, you know, you, you had time to, you know, go in. That's fair. And, and people learned it pretty quick in terms of the mid-core scene, and... For me, we just took a day. It took like maybe what two or three days. And then on the third day, we just farmed it and got Sophia weapons. I yeah, did have a crafted weapon, but I swapped it out for my Sophia weapon. I think back to uh, something like Leviathan. Leviathan came out the day of Second Coil, mm -hmm. and I was raiding kind of a casual schedule in Second Coil, and my team didn't really raid until 8, eight o'clock Eastern at night, um, the night of the patch. So leading up to that, that, that raid time, um, we had a lot of people get together and farm the Leviathan weapons because I think the uh, if a Leviathan weapon dropped with a mirror, you could buff it to be better than, a, than an Allegan weapon. Um, mm -hmm. So we were just farming Leviathan for potential upgrades, and uh, that was fine. Uh, so from yeah, from the from the teams that aren't necessarily alarm clocking, then farming Sophia was a great alternative. Uh, probably one of the reasons I scowled at this topic was I really did not like the idea of the the, the crafted gear that. Uh, yeah, that's why I brought it up in the first place, because we didn't hit that yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. it, it, it takes flash. It, br it brings me flashbacks back to Final Coil, where you meld mm -hmm. all the vitality, basically, to survive the mechanics. So I don't know how much we're running to get into this, but it's something I brought up on Twitter the other day. Um, one of the reasons that I didn't like, I didn't like crafted gear and the way it unfolded in, say, Final Coil or Creator um, is it's, it becomes this like big distraction uh and uh it's a very polarizing thing um mm. 
would I, and I, I don't know how, if we want to get into this, because it honestly is a very long topic and I'll try to respect you guys' time. But I think that uh, I'm not sure that there's many reasons that they shouldn't just stagger Savage releases a few weeks after a patch is dropped always. You know, look at the 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 way that Gordius and now Omega the first the first tiers are going to behave. Yeah. It's being it's being dropped two weeks. Well, the normal it's being dropped two weeks after the expansion launch because they've said that they want people to learn the jobs and be and have the uh, luxury to experience the content without stress. Um, and if 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 they are releasing Savage one to two weeks after every major patch is launched then that gives you the one to two weeks to not only enjoy the things like MSQ and the formans that they put in the patch, but also be able to prepare the crafted gear that they're apparently tuning their raid tier for um, and not have to be doing it mid progression, which I can't, I don't know a single team that enjoys the, the, the process of getting crafted gear mid progression. And if you do, you're kind of weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't. My fucking wallets are just like for no for no fucking reason. I have to empty my coffers to get this shit done like ASAP. Yeah, it's not even about the money. It's just about the fact that like while you're raiding, you just want to be focusing on raiding, and you don't want to have to be balancing uh, like communicating and and organizing crafters on the on the side. And you know, even even in big FCs like Elysium and most likely Anger, um, you know, it's sort of a streamlined process. Yeah. However, it's it would, be, it would be much more streamlined if we had the one to two weeks before the raid to prepare. Yeah. I also am of the opinion that if I would say any crafted gear that competes with like raid ready stuff, I always want the stuff to come from the raid. I'm one of those people. I want, sure, if I'm sure. crafting stuff, I mean, obviously if you're going to do that, then it has to be higher than the item level that it is going in. But mm-hmm. like it's, it's raid gear. That's what it is, ultimately. It's just not the it's not raid item level. It's clear in week one item level or clear. Yeah, I mean, personally speaking, like uh, what they're trying to do with crafted gear is I don't necessarily know if they're expecting their raid teams to have full crafted gear. Obviously, that's what the high they know. Is. They know that they'll do it. I, they, they're yeah. not. That's not who they're designing it for. But they know exactly. that they'll do it. Exactly. So the crafted gear is supposed to be a bit of an alternative for say the black mage in the, uh, the mid core static that doesn't get any drops and he needs something to sort of progress his character to be able to survive a fight. Um, you know, it doesn't, you're not, you're not so restricted to the loot RNG with your progression. That's the kind of the point of crafted gear. Um, but for the teams that are just maxing out in crafted gear, it's a very kind of uninteresting process. Yeah. I don't know. I find it uninteresting in general, but I want crafters to make money. So, yeah. Well, I mean, make it if if they want to if they want to do that. I the medium that I propose is give us a week leading up to the release of a raid um, where uh, crafted gear will be available and able to be crafted, and uh, uh, you know, people can prepare it and not be distracted by it during progression. Honestly, I think they're going to move towards that anyway. The two week thing that you you're suggesting yeah, because I would love that. I, I mean, don't it, I don't think it has anything to do with that though. I think they've. No, I, I think. I think they've seen now with three point five the success of staggering content, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that we will continue to see stagger. Like you'll can you'll continue to see like Palace of the Dead type content in you know in between patches. You'll continue. You'll see. You'll see a lot more in between patch content and less upfront patch content. Is what I feel. It works very well in other games. Uh, I can I can tell you firsthand. Yeah. Well, I can. I know too. <laughs> 
exactly. <laughs> I play a lot of games too, Layla. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have a feeling they'll move towards that, especially with them talking about Stormblood. They keep mm -hmm. talking about how, you know, this is planned for 4.1. This is planned for, you know, between 4.1 and 4.2. This is planned for 4.2. This is planned for 4.05. You know, they're, they're talking about all the increments. They're not mm -hmm. just talking about the launch. And I'll be honest, like, you know, I, I the, folk, the people look at me as a hardcore raider, but I mean, I'm somebody who does enjoy the MSQ and I want to be able to enjoy the MSQ when a new patch launches. And uh, at the moment, when, when you're doing war progression, you're escape. You, you, you just hit escape zero zero on every cutscene because you don't have time to enjoy it, you know? And it's kind of unfortunate because I do want to be able to enjoy it. Uh, so giving me a week to two to, to do that would be really cool. You heard it, guys. World first progression raider says... Give us two weeks. So, please, please, please do. And one final thought from me. All right, one, one final thought, and then I'm going to eat barbecue. <laughs> yes. Uh, one final question, um, and this is more for the the newer people who you know you're gonna ha you're gonna have this every expansion who uh, people who enter the rating scene for the first time. We we had it in we had it hidden Heaven's War. Mm -hmm. So. Um, uh, do you have any tips for people entering the raid scene now? And are your tips for now different from what uh, what you would have said somebody going into Heaven's Ward raiding for the first time? Um, ooh, let me think about this. I want to make it good. Uh, I think that if, you, if you're just getting into raiding right now, it is the perfect time to do so. We have a big reset button happening. It, with the release of Stormblood, um, hopefully, hopefully. Um, but uh, it, at least gear-wise, we have a big reset button. Everybody's going to be on an equal playing field of gear uh, for the initial few weeks there, and uh, there's going to be a bunch of new jobs released, and there's going to be uh, the the one of the things I talked about. All right, a bunch. Calm down. All right. <laughs> okay. Two. Yeah, sorry. Two. Thinking, <laughs> two new jobs released. Uh, but what about that hidden third one that I keep seeing about? On yeah, the yeah, uh, uh, Puppet Master. Yeah. What what when are they going to release Puppet Master? So when they release the, the two new jobs plus the hidden one, uh, we're going to be sort of learning those. There's no hidden jobs. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we're going to be learning those two new jobs. And uh, like I talked about earlier, there's going to be an arms race for information about them. That, you know, Being a part of that arms race this uh, will we'll put you uh, sort of on an equal playing field with those people. And um, for that reason and uh, the gear reset, I think it's a great time to get into Stormblood rating or get into Final Fantasy rating. Uh, the best thing that I can advise somebody getting into it is to, uh, you know, may be be a part of your, your of your server's community. Hopefully, it has one. If not, you know, you may need to go look, look elsewhere, and uh, meet people who think alike and who have the same uh, goals as you do. That's the most important thing in it when you're preparing for any raid tier is be a part of a team that shares the same goals across across your team members, um, and. Uh, just try to surround yourself with that environment and don't have expectations that aren't communicated properly to your teammates. Um, otherwise, you know, you run the risk of just uh, being disappointed or, or disappointing someone else. And then, you know, you're stuck with all that nonsense. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if that answers the question in a good manner, but that's what I got. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's generally what I, I feel is the best is like-mindedness. Yeah, like my I, mine also would be be willing to improve. <laughs> don't oh, yeah, don't, yes. don't just be like, well, this is how I play. 
okay, so that's that's worth highlighting. Yeah, you're, if you're new to uh, raiding in the game, first, please accept that you're new and that you you do not know everything, and you probably don't even know a lot. Um, and if you and if you do that, you're better off than probably a lot of the competition. Uh, it takes me back to that Reddit post you wanted to read, Happy. Um, well, what was it? It was the the random. They they kept the names. They kept the names. Um, you know, anonymous. But they were talking about like things like they, like this is the way I play. You don't play my pay my sub things like that. It, it, this is this is a really good piece of advice for especially for newer players, and and currents. Actually, too. Yeah, and current players, by the way. <laughs> I agree with that. All right. Show ran on a little long. We were going to touch on the the ton of screenshots that released this week. Although, really, it's all speculation. So, we I don't know. We can really have much of a discussion other than Warrior is clearly getting the best new ability so far. Uh, yeah, we didn't really get to talk about how OP Red Mage is going to be with the wealth of information that we have. <laughs> <laughs> It's really unfortunate. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that we didn't get to talk about how great Samurai is going to be with all the things that we, we didn't know. get to talk, talk about the double Samurai Ninja uh, Machinist composition yet. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get to do that. That's terribly unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but any uh, but anyway, uh, Layla, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor here. Normally we do this the part where you know where you say, oh, you can find me here, here, and here. But if you also, on top of that, want to throw up any last words, don't throw up. But throw out any last words. <laughs> don't do Try that. Throw up. I mean, if it's Taco Bell, go right ahead. You can throw up all you want. But um, oh, no. if there's if there's um, if there's any like final closing words you have right here, uh, this is the time to say. Let's blow up this picture of you and uh, Yoshi right here. <laughs> okay, yeah. so uh, I mean, first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I haven't been on the show nearly uh, uh, nearly long enough time, um, so it's it's always a pleasure. Uh, I uh, respect what you guys do, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Uh, so thank Love you for inviting you. me on. <laughs> so uh, no, you guys you guys put on a great show. And uh, I just want to say for the people looking forward to Omega, um, uh, please, uh, you know, go That's out and, good. no, don't, I'm not going to say that. Please <laughs> go out and try all the content that the developers put out. Um, people have spent hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks and months of their lives into this content. And, uh, you know, it's really important that we, that we uh, get to experience it and uh, not only experience it, but react to it. And, um, uh, I encourage everyone to, if you're not participating in, in Savage currently, to think about uh, maybe uh, trying your hand at it uh, in Omega because um, they're trying to learn from what happened in Heaven's Ward and make it an enjoyable experience for the overall player base that they're that they're you know making the game for. So uh, that being said, um, please, uh, the 98% of you that are going to roll Samurai, um, somebody please play a healer for my dungeon cues uh, while leveling. And uh, yeah, um, I guess beyond that, um, some shout outs for where you can find me if you're interested in listening to all the dumb stuff I say. I have a Twitter. Uh, it's my personal gaming Twitter. It's at uh, LaylaFFXIV. Um, it's typically the best place to follow me if you're interested in what's going on in my crazy head. Uh, I do have a Twitch. Um, currently, it's uh, twitch.tv slash ClopsTTV, although I think that's kind of a stupid name, so maybe I'll change that soon. Um, did you already change it from Klops VA to ClopsTTV? I, I did change it because Klops VA was Klops Virginia, and I don't live in Virginia anymore. So, uh, But I'll find something new and fresh, and I'll, uh, I'll tweet about it. So make sure you follow me on Twitter. Um, and uh, I want to give a shout-out to my FC that uh, 
uh, I've been a part of for the entirety of Heaven's Ward and even before. Uh, Elysium, uh, thank you for supporting me throughout Heaven's Ward and all of my kooky uh, adventures. And uh, I hope that um, uh, we all continue to enjoy Stormblood and keep going the game. I still think that Layla Dell is the best name that we can, okay. that I can ever have. I'm just, I'm just saying, I think Layla Dell is the, is the best best name. Well, I think Alice right now has that name. All right, there you go. All right, and uh, on that note, Sly, where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox. You can find me on Instagram, Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox 07. You can find me on Twitter at Sly the Fox. You can find me on YouTube.com slash The Velvet Room. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Perhaps, where can't they find you? Where can't they find me? Yeah. Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Noted. You cannot oh, find wow. me there. Until wow. somebody makes a fake account after this. So then you can, I suppose. But it's not oh, really you've been, you've not, been the internet. It's not, it's not really me. All right, there you go. You yeah. can find me uh, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all, uh, all Mr. Happy 1227. So those are the places you absolutely can find me. I promise. I promise. I also promise you cannot find me on a grinder all right there's a funny story about that that i think i've told sly before but i've told my stream i know that it's a funny story where i thought someone was asking me if i had a grinder account because i had coffee next to me and they're like do you have a grinder and then my phone was next to the coffee so i thought they were pointing at my phone like asking if i had a grinder account and i was like oh oh the call co like a coffee grinder okay okay Okay. It's like, no, but really, do you have... <laughs> no, 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 that's we'll not what... The... And then he goes, no, 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 I didn't mean that. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Uh, so, actually, we need to do that real quick. Next oh. week, the show will not be on Tuesday. The show will be on Thursday. Is that, is that cool with you, Sly? That is cool with me. All right. What the show will be about... Wait till next that week. That question please. will be answered Thursday night. That question will be answered this Thursday night. Dun, 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 dun. I yeah. know what it's gonna be about. I know what it's. I know yeah. you know what it's gonna be about. Well, <laughs> I know what it's. I know you know. I know you know. All right, but on that note, before we say anything we're just not supposed to, I'm gonna. We're gonna go. So uh, <laughs> goodbye. Cut the stream. Cut the stream. <laughs> See you next week. All right, we're good.